fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up in the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Welcome back. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, and officially your college football playoffs are upon us. I am Aaron Smith, joined as always by my co-hosts in crime, the best producer in the city at Mayhall, Jeff Howell with the the deep voice set up here in the upper right corner. Uh, we'll be joined momentarily by uh, guest Brent Young, I believe. And later on in the show, we do have another special guest for you, James Jimmy Smith, uh, the former punter for your Cincinnati Bearcats. But getting right into it, gentlemen, Cincinnati stands after eight games seven eight games eight games eight no we are week week nine i believe um we uh are heading into week 10 we are two number two atop the ap poll number two atop the coaches poll and because apparently the writers who watch these games week after week the coaches who are you know very integral in the um i don't know the whole schematics of college football None of them know what the hell they're talking about because Cincinnati is number six. Yes, you heard that right. Number six in the college football playoff. And if you are hearing that for the first time, where the hell have you been when you're listening to this? Uh, so, Jeff, I know you're fired up about it. So I'm going to put you on hold because I know that once you get going, there's no way I'm getting you to stop. You are a freight train of emotion right now. Ed, what were your initial reactions, your rea your initial thoughts when you saw Cincinnati was slotting in at number six in the college football playoff poll? I'm not surprised. It's like I told a toll worker today at the at the polling booth. Uh, like I knew this was going to happen. I knew somehow they were going to screw us out of it. The Ohio State crybabies are all going to be happy because they don't they're they're making it even though they're losing. It, it we knew this was going to happen. It's unbelievable to me that uh, that that's a thing that we are sitting at number six. Uh, I did not see that coming as um, it's never happened that a team, a, a, even a group of five team has been slotted any less than two or three spots below where they initially were brought in at, at two um, or, or so in this case two. Um, but here we are, uh, Brent Young joining the show now. Um, but Jeff, as promised, I will let you get going here with your opinion. Cause like I said, you were going to be a freight train coming through. So what you got for us? I, I know what you said when you first came in here. So I hope you say it again. Oh, I'm going to say it again. They are who we thought they were. And when I say that I'm referring to the CFP committee, Yes, it's ridiculous. 
absolutely a sham. I mean, when you when the, the rankings start coming in, I was looking for Houston and SMU. Yep. Neither one of them showed up. But you Fresno got no state showed up. Got a couple three lost teams in there, none of which happen to be Penn State, who's in the top twenty five in the AP and coaches polls, oddly enough. But but Wisconsin's you, above them yep, in the CFP. Conveniently, might I add. A couple big Big Ten East teams. Weird. Weird how that works. Very huh? strange. Yep. And so as it as, as that started to roll in and I didn't see those two teams, you felt the fix was in. Mm-hmm. And, and then it starts, you know, they, they get down there and they want to talk about it. Then Notre Dame's at ten. Their yep. only their only loss is I mean, until the CFP rankings came out, their only loss is to the number two team in the country. My my favorite thing that I think I've seen everywhere right now is the fact that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are a bad team. They're a bad team. Did you know that? They're they're a bad team. They're not even a, a, a okay team. Not even like it's it's always everything that I've seen on and not from like even the talking heads because I don't think they have anything to do with Notre Dame. No one's even bringing them up. It's just all the fans saying, "Oh no, they're they're a bad team." How's that your best win? They're they're a bad team. And the the other the other funny thing that I. I see is a lot of what you see on Twitter. A lot of the things we're going to say on the show tonight, as a matter of fact, are all over Twitter from tons of different sources. And you want to know why? Because it's very obvious what is going on yet again. I think this is only the second time that if my research is correct, this is only the second time that the number two ranked team in the AP and CF or in the uh, coaches are outside the top four in the first ranking. I think uh, Baylor in like 2015, maybe? Maybe that was right? Yeah, I might have the year wrong. But there's only been one other number two team in the previous rankings before the CFP comes out halfway through the season uh, that didn't start in the top four. So, Brent, you are joining the show for the first time, so welcome, sir. Hi, Brent. How are we, guys? Good, how are you? Frustrated as hell. Um, yes. Same. So what were your initial reactions when you saw the college football playoff poll drop uh, just just a few short moments ago, really? Well, I, sadly, I didn't have the uh, pleasure that Ed did to, to talk to someone at a pay toll location and kind of ease my frustrations before it came later in the night. Uh, sadly, I, I'm, I'm stuck texting with uh, delusional college football fans that kind of have the same power five mentality that the college football playoff committee has as well. So I've been hearing it all day and I've been doing nothing but backing up Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, one of the main things for me is the fact that like you mentioned, Aaron, there is the AP poll and the coaches poll. And, and Jeff, you mentioned this as well. And it, it's not really, you know, now that the CFP poll has come out immediately, those are the rankings that are switched in for the teams. And the, Literally, if you look at the, the apps right now, it's going to say number six, Cincinnati, which mm-hmm. whatever. But there's 130 people that make up the AP poll and also make up the coaches poll total between the two of them, 65 and 65. So 130 people had an average of Cincinnati at number two. And then a 13-person playoff committee has them at number six. I it, It's just, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating, obviously, and everyone feels the same frustration. I was more just angry about Oregon ahead of Cincinnati. And I understand the big win on the road at Ohio State, but you lose to a three and five Stanford team. And this yeah. is a this is a Stanford team that has lost three straight. Their other two wins outside of that Oregon game is 
to USC, who is not is just another name brand thing, and then Vanderbilt, who I don't even need to describe what Vanderbilt is. It, it's it's just very frustrating. But there is a silver lining. I'm going to try to be optimistic. Through of course, you are. The silver lining is that a lot of these teams ahead of Cincinnati will play each other. You know, Ohio State and Michigan State play coming up soon. You know, Georgia and Alabama will sort itself out. Which Maybe. brings me back. Yeah, right. <laughs> Either they're both in or just one of them. So I, it'll be it'll be Maybe. sorted out somewhat. Yeah. Losses don't seem to count in the SEC at this point. If you, yeah. well, at least losses at least don't seem you, to count anywhere. If anywhere. you're Alabama, if you're Oregon, if you're lost, we should. I, I, saw, I saw somebody tweet and say that someone needs to write a sign that says we should have lost to Stanford. I saw that uh, for for this weekend at, yeah. at game day, which by the way is going to be. Yeah, some a sort of ridiculous situation. ESPN might want to move it. <laughs> I mean, Reese is a big fan of the Bearcats, though. He, well, he's he the one that number Go two. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said number two. Yeah, it's going to be frustrating care. because how how on earth are these teams going to now have the ability for an SMU and for Houston to bounce back in? Because obviously now. When Cincinnati plays SMU and when Cincinnati plays Houston, it's going to be okay. Well, neither of these two teams were ranked when when the Bearcats beat them. Well, and especially since those teams only have one loss each, and now you're letting teams that have two and three losses. I mean, you let uh, Mississippi State with three losses into the top twenty-five. So, what the hell are we doing here? A lot of one those, of those, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying a lot of those prop up, uh, you know, exactly. your your other teams. It's yeah. just like why is like Fresno State. What does that do? That props up Oregon, right? They Nowhere lost to Hawaii. Oregon <sighs> lost to Stanford. Yeah. Th I don't know, man. It, it's just... Well, and for everybody who wants to say, so who has Cincinnati beat? Well, we beat a team that's in the top 10 right now. Who's Ohio at, State beat? In the, Ooh, who's Ohio State beat? In their house. Right. We went into Notre Dame Stadium and beat them convincingly. Like the 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 most ridiculous part of that whole thing was Desmond Ritter trying to throw a ball into the stands at the end of the game. If Ohio State had beaten Oregon in their own house, first off, Oregon wouldn't be in the top ten. I think we can all agree that. Um, but they, here they are. But again, if Ohio State had beaten Oregon, you wouldn't have me making this argument at this point in time. Like I'd be okay with Ohio State being ranked over us. They had beaten Oregon, but they who had they beat? Outside of that, they beat Minnesota, who is getting propped up for reasons that are unbeknownst to me. Oh, well, I mean, are they though? I guess. So I don't know. I'm I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. <laughs> they, and they at and that was at Minnesota, right? Yes. And they were favored by like thirty, like eighty points. Yes. These I, things they don't they just they just don't matter to not, the, like. And then you've got then you've got you know Gary Barda he's up there and they they bring him in and you know I don't know like how when's he done when is he much, done with the I don't know how much he has three. to like drink before he gets on there so that he can lie through his teeth uh, and keep a straight face hey, his hey, teeth are everywhere so he can lie through them if we easily. don't get a fuck Gary Barda chant going on by the halftime yeah. then we're doing something wrong as a fan base. <laughs> fuck you, I mean, Gary. Like we, yeah, fuck you, and, Gary. And, and over no, here, over Clark. here in the, I know we've been popping them up uh, throughout this, but over here in the, uh, the the chat, you know, we've got guys bringing up uh, UTSA being unranked. Uh, 
Yeah, Neil Slayton says that UC's clearly missing the loss to a Power 5 team on their resume. Uh, there would be 300 Gary Barta signs on Saturday. Uh, and then yeah, Corey Held brings up the fact that his responses were were more ridiculous than, than the rankings themselves. I mean, he, he's like, oh, we... We uh we greatly respect uh the University of Cincinnati and their football team, and then he okay, proceeds guy. to shit on them for the next like <laughs> three minutes. So I, I do want to like I, I I tweeted it out from the PTP account, and I'm going to say it again now that we would like to have the entire college football playoff committee <laughs> come on the podcast, explain themselves. We oh, also yeah, have great respect for them. Just hit us up in the DMs, and I will send you the link. Yeah, well, all, all, what, 13 of them or whatever. I don't I, care. I'll pay for the, I, the extra people to be in our thing if we can get all of them in I here. think yeah. this is Gary Barta's last year as the committee chair, um, and I think you are only you only serve three years um, sequentially, and then you're done, and they bring in a rotation, and it's always a rotation of, like, I think it's five new faces every year, and they keep that rotation of 15, and they, so they five, 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 and they just keep switching out the five. And they all um, drink the same Kool-Aid when is, they get there with the same a, handbook. Is this a voting process? Like, do we do we have to, like, do we have to start a campaign to get you on the board, Aaron? Like, how does this No, work? no, like, you, you have to be on the administration for the school um, unless you're Condoleezza Rice. I, I think she's the only one who had nothing to do with anything um, collegiately when she was serving, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but in any case, can't wait to get that dude out of there. Good God, man. Did you see what, what Fickle said about him? Proceed. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell everybody who may not have heard it. You know, it's, so, so Luke did his whole spiel about how he, he didn't know about the ranking, didn't want to hear about it. On Dan Horde's show. Yeah, yeah, on the coach's show today. That was that, that happened conveniently right at 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. immediately following the, the unveiling. And of course, you know, Dan knew and, and everyone there at Montgomery knew. So it was kind of no secret that, that the vibe was a little frustrated when Luke walked in. So Luke still walked in and said, yeah, I mean, I still don't know, so go ahead and tell me. And Dan laid it all out, and Luke said the whole, you know, I don't really care. We're going to keep focusing on this, that, and the other. And then Luke said, well, well, here's what Gary Barta had to say about the team, and then mentioned the criticism. Dan of said the, that, not, not Luke. Yeah, Dan. Dan. Dan was telling Luke about how they criticized the most recent two wins against one-win one teams and, and Navy and then Tulane, and, and that's when Luke got a little frustrated, and Luke was like, well – who was the commissioner of this college fo- football playoff committee? And Dan was like, it, it's Gary Barta, the AD of Iowa. And Luke said, has he ever played football before? It's just like, wow. Okay. Apparently, and, and apparently he did. He played for like North he Dakota did. State. North Dakota uh, State. I looked it up, yeah. And I guess they were like the Division Two national champions or something while he was there. I don't know what he contributed to the team. Right. Uh, because what he contributes to the committee, if it's anything like what he contributes to the committee, <laughs> he probably, you know, maybe was the water boy. I don't know. But, that award-winning smile. It's so frustrating. Like, and, and then they bring in Heather Dinich. They brought her They brought her on. And, you know, she was just, like, chomping at the bit to, you know, shit on Cincinnati again. Because Cincinnati's been all up in her mentions all week as she has been not quiet about her – whatever vendetta against Cincinnati being anywhere near the, uh, the, the college football playoff this year. So it's, oh, it's man. just, <laughs> I will is, say there is, is that Ed's kind doing? Of... Yes. No. Yeah. yeah. I just finished. I just finished dinner. Ed. <laughs> oh, sorry. About that. <laughs> sorry. I, I will. Also, I, I do also want to mention here while, I, 
while we've got you know some people in here and whatnot um this whole thing that's going on right now the uh the six dollar donation to you cats if you have it uh in in your ability to do so um i believe it was at just be natty on twitter who uh kind of started that and tagged uh a whole bunch of you know like chad and us and bearcat journal and whatnot and uh trying to start that and it looks like it's gaining a little bit of traction um i threw my six dollars in so so brent how would you have ranked the uh we'll say the top the top six if you will um so i was fine with you know one in in being georgia obviously sure. uh two bama kind of surprised me but you know when you kind of understand that they both will decide it out or bama's in if they went out type situation it, it Until, didn't really make I'm, me feel I'm, either way i'm still waiting for them to justify alabama losing to georgia and saying well they were the number one team they were supposed to lose and slotting them at four that would not shock me right right but still i i just think this this season is a season unless like there is complete chaos and you're talking about everyone has one loss then i could see a two loss bama team getting in there we'll see but right. go ahead right but uh so two, I mean, I'll say I'm fine with Bama, but I would have gone with probably, I mean, I would have been okay with even like a Michigan State sliding in at two just for the time being, but Bama's fine there. Uh, okay. Three would be Michigan State, so one of the two of those. Okay. Four would be us. I, I, I thought we deserved at least being at four because that, gives you room to either fall back behind teams that improve or go ahead of teams that, you know, obviously do lose or, or aren't showing that, that well on the field. Then five, I would go with Oregon and six would be Ohio state. So Oklahoma's not in your, your top six either. No, no, I actually like seeing, I was surprised when I saw Oklahoma there. I, I yeah. would have Oklahoma at seven okay. over Michigan because I think like losing should matter yeah. and, and losing on the road at Michigan state, and then having no other sing like no signature win for Michigan, like they, this same could be said for Ohio State. Though. Anyone, right? Right? No, I I agree. But I've watched both teams play, and it, and you do just have that kind of CJ Stroud is is a definite superstar at quarterback. Funding, he's going to become one. They got two two star wide receivers. Their defense is getting better. Michigan is just like what their defense is solid. I mean, they've got some really good defensive ends, um, good running backs. It, kind of just doesn't do it for me but I, I think that winning and losing should matter that's why I was just so frustrated when Oregon was ahead of Cincinnati other than that I was kind of okay with everything Ohio State is just whatever um I think that gets decided as well if they went out they're in if they lose yeah. one more they're out so um I'm more more excited that things are kind of set where unless for some reason they say hey we showed you guys kind of the disrespect of the big 12. Well, now we're going to love them towards the end of the season. If that kind of happens, I'll really be frustrated as well because I shouldn't see them jump that high. Although they did go 11 and 12 with Oklahoma state and Baylor, but I think Oklahoma you know, fumbles up against one of those two. So I'm okay with it. I hate it, but I I'm, I'm okay with it. I think the only thing I would have changed is I, I would have gone uh, either Cincinnati. I would have been okay with Cincinnati, even at three, um, yeah. But I would have gone Cincinnati either in that two spot or that three spot interchangeable with Michigan State at this point in time. I think you can throw either one of those teams and flip them and, and you're okay with it. Um, but I think both are better than Alabama right now with the current resume as it stands. And I think I'm, I'm good with the rest of the, your picks as they slot in. So 
Uh, I'm with you, but because well, um, Michigan State won at Miami of Florida, which is a, a solid second win now yeah. that Miami of Florida has that win against Pittsburgh, and they they will probably continue to have wins against that well, pretty terrible ACC. And back when they had so, Derek King still before his right. injury and all of that too. Right. Uh, exactly. Right before it went live, I, I I tweeted out my picks would have been Georgia. Obviously, I think everybody agrees there. Um, I did put Alabama at two only because I know who the committee is. <laughs> then I put Cincinnati at three. I put Michigan State at four. Uh, I I did put Oklahoma at five. Right. Uh, you know, for the sole fact that, you know. You know who the committee is. Well, right. and, and, they've won. and then I had Ohio State at six uh, because I dinged Oregon hard on the fact that they lost Stanford. to a three and five Stanford team. Sorry. So that, that that would have been my top six. I was, however, like I said, uh, leading into all of this, when I saw that, uh, like Bob Stoffel over here in the uh, in the comments is saying Stoffel. when SM, Stoffel, when uh, SMU and Houston uh, didn't pop up, I, I kind of figured things were uh, headed down a track that we didn't want, and I w- I was kind of getting sick because I thought for sure I was going to see UC pop up like eight, yeah, and, and I and I was going to lose my mind. Same. Not that it would matter to anybody other than the people in my house who I would probably have woken up. Uh, but that, that's where that's where I stand on, on my thoughts for who the top six should have been going into this week. Yeah, I, you know, I guess my question really is who what needs to happen? I we all have to be Boise State fans this weekend to to beat Fresno State somehow and, and <laughs> All of a sudden, that are they that on less, the blue field? Are they at Boise? SMU? And I, I want to say they're at they're at Fresno, but um, I don't know. It's it's just so weird seeing like how we have to pay so much attention to you know twenty through twenty five because that is where the proverbial top wins against the top twenty five. That's where I mean that the the, the thing is is with SMU not being ranked in the seat in there now is that. So say they creep in at like twenty five or something next week, twenty four, right. whatever. And then get unranked, yeah. And then when UC beats them, then they go unranked again. And I don't know who Houston is playing between now and the end of the season that they would, you know, maybe be be ranked by the time we would face them in the in the uh, AAC championship game. They'd have to hope to have like a UCF on their schedule. Yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what the the deal is there. So it, it's so, it's just so frustrating. I, I know that everybody understands kind of what's happening by seeing who got ranked and who didn't. I mean, Aaron mentioned there's some three lost teams that are in there over Houston and, and SMU, who we know are, are good teams. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it last night. Tanner Mordecai is the real deal down at, at SMU. Like he's putting up those video game numbers that we're used to seeing coming out of UCF. Not SMU. It's like I the wrong one. TCU school. as well. I mean, I it's, did. It's, I did want to ask. I did want to ask if you all feel um, maybe sorry that Tulsa is about is about to have to play against a UC team that pissed you know, that that is not only probably upset with themselves for you know maybe not putting up crazy style points against teams that tried to suck the clock away for two weeks, right. um, but then now they have to play them after. What Joey Galloway? Joey Galloway even said that it was disrespectful. What was happening? Cats by ninety. Yeah. 
if, <laughs> I mean, if they hang a hundred, I. What do you do? What do you do if if, if the final score is literally like some <laughs> something bananas, like eighty five to to six? Right. Yeah. Well, well, because because what you go frustration, like you said, of the past two road games. You finally come home. You finally have a homecoming crowd. College game day. Yes, I I, I feel bad for Tulsa. I do. And and you know we're just gonna. If you see some of the guys like uh, like Michael Young was tweeting out, um, and I saw Jerome Ford was tweeting out, I didn't. I don't know that I understood the uh, his his letters that he tweeted out with a rat and then a, a skull with some crossbones. I don't. It scares me when Jerome Ford tweets something like that because <laughs> he's uh, so quiet anyway. Yeah, he might rush for a thousand yards on Saturday <laughs> alone. I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun weekend. I think. Hey, uh. Bearcat Ray on Twitter just tweeted, "How quickly can uh, Cincy shirts get a Fick the Committee T-shirt before Saturday?" Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, uh, well, I will say that L- uh, LFG Cincy already has a shirt up. Um, let oh, me, do we? Let me uh, filibuster for a second while I pull it up so that I can read it off. The CFP Committee can suck my Fick is the shirt. <laughs> That, that they've already got up on their website. Uh, they have sent shirts to us before to uh, to give away. I wouldn't be mad if they sent me that one to wear on the show because I would. Just make sure they're red. For it is. Weekend. It's red with black writing. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Now I, it, it's going to be the perfect storm. And I mean, college football, the game day being in Cincinnati this weekend is. I mean, I don't know if they if they planned this out. If they kind of knew that this could be the, uh, they knew the fix the, the dominoes. Yeah, right. So, I mean, that's going to be a ruckus crowd, and they are going to fill that place up. And are I'm, they just going to have to blur out the entire crowd behind right. them? Yes, yeah, because of the signs. Yes. Like, I think that they ask to see your sign. I was going to say, are in. they are they vetting signs on the way I in? I think they or? do, because if not. Then there would have so been you, numerous other signs in the past. So you get your you get your sign you get your sign vetted and you keep your big fat sharpie marker in your pocket to flip the sign <laughs> over and then write some ridiculous comment on it and then and hold then it get up. promptly kicked right out. That's all right. It's on TV. And then you hand it off to the next guy and, <laughs> yeah, and I will yeah, yeah. take this marker, bro. Take this marker. Yeah. And you I will know? promptly walk myself over to Mio's, order self myself a pizza and a beer, and watch the rest of the game from there. Do it. Do we know where they're setting up college game day yet? Do we know where that's going to be at? I haven't heard anything, and I'm I'm very curious to see who the uh, the guest speaker is. So I mean, I can't imagine that they ha- that there's any room to put it on the grid anywhere, right? I would imagine you would have to do it on the grid, but I don't know. Yeah, but then won't you have to kick I don't people know out of their spots? I was going to say I don't know if you're kicking people out of their spots in order to do so, or maybe you use what you normally have that big stage that's right there on the grid. Um, kind of over by where like the food trucks and stuff are, there's generally a stage, but you'd have to potentially shuffle around where you have like your alumni tents and that kind of thing too. So I don't know. I'm sure they have a plan in place. I can't imagine. It's certainly not the first time game day's done this. So they, I'm sure have, uh, uh sounded like McMick and Commons is what Chad's saying here. So yeah, yeah so it sounds like McMick and Commons. Yeah. All so, right. Which is, which obviously should be this. You need as much space as you can have as much. There we go. Hello, Chad. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see just if they can control a ruckus crowd because there will be a lot of f you this, f you that, and I, with with the amount of people already saying that they're planning on going, I'm seeing like full full fraternity frat houses are going, full, full groups are are showing up. It's gonna be and, uh, 
they're not going to sleep is the thing like this thing starts oh. at 9 a.m so they're just going to be on some crazy benders from the, friday night just going right into it fickle could the bring them out some till 3 30 right that's a 3 yeah. 30 game yeah yeah <laughs> this, this, this is literally this some passed is out like, bodies on the grid like the worst case scenario for i'm all very curious I'm very curious to see just how full that student section ends up being by the time uh, kickoff comes around at 3.30, if if the kids made it. There you go. Ken Kenyon Martin and uh, Kevin Euclid both in, in town. Aaron, if, so you we'll see, see. if you see Kenyon, can you can you hook a brother up? Um, we'll, we'll, no, okay. actually, no. Well, I think I'd, no, I'd keep, I'd keep that one for myself. <laughs> I would go, but my son's playing for the league championship on Saturday, so I can't, well, I can't skip that. I, I planned ahead. I didn't have kids. Um, with that said, Brent, um, do you have any last words before we let you go? We do have our other special guests in the wings waiting, um, but we do, you know, in preemptively you. thank you for joining the show today. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, in closing, don't be completely down and out. A lot of football left to play and the player, the, the teams ahead of the Bearcats, they all have to figure it out themselves. They can easily control their own destiny from here on out. You just got to hope that the teams behind them, the the, the Big 12, the looming uh, other Power 5 conference doesn't somehow sneak their way in and, and hop Cincinnati. Because I think uh, to control your own destiny, win, win dominantly. And uh, Jeff, you've got a beautiful voice, man. Wow. Uh, phenomenal. And uh, Ed, thank you very much. And Hey, thanks and for coming. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Last second reliever coming in for uh, Chad wasn't able to make it. So you, you called in the righty. And uh, we're all good. Actually, the hair's always like that. I woke up like this. How about that? I mean, hair's hair's always smooth. Brent, no. uh, I I will I will get a hold of you and we'll uh, meet up for the game day experience. I'm yes. sure. Yes. And uh, other than that, uh, if I don't talk to you, uh, we'll we'll see you on Saturday, man. As always, thanks a bunch, guys. Go Bearcats! Thanks, thanks, Brent. All right, so that was Brent Young. He is with me every Monday on the Bearcat Bounce podcast. We thank him again for making some time for us this evening and joining the show for the first time. Uh, but we do have Jimmy Smith, as I said, waiting in the wings. And if you guys wanted to bring him back. Jeff, you got it. All right. And I think you're on mute here. There you go. There Jimmy Smith, is. welcome to the show, sir. Good boys. Thanks for having me on. You are our first Aussie, so for that, we thank you. Um, no I, I know it was a, a long trip to make it here for the show. Um, <laughs> it was a tough Total dad over. joke. Restrictions, <laughs> but on me. Um, so, so what's going on with you these days? I know you spent some time with Tennessee. Um, what, what is life like currently for one Jimmy Smith? Yeah, so I spent uh, most of the preseason with Tennessee before uh, being let go just before the season started. I've had a few workouts over the last few weeks with the uh, Chicago Bears and the Baltimore Ravens. So sort of just still on the training grind and uh, trying to find a spot. And um, yeah, going to take any opportunity that comes my way. So it's just to stay ready and hope at the moment. So it's all you can do. So you were just donning the red and black with your boys in Cincinnati not even a year ago. And so it's been, I can only imagine, an emotional roller coaster for you this season as well, seeing their success and some of the struggles that they've had against the Navy, against the Tulane. So you see the college football playoff rankings come out tonight. And what were your immediate thoughts as those rankings dropped tonight? Uh, I just can't see that even if you're like 
bias aside, yeah, I'm alumni. I have a stake in the race, I guess. But you cannot look at what has happened and as an impartial person and say, oh, yeah, that, that's how it should be. That's what deserving. Like, winning has no merit at the moment. And until they acknowledge that winning has merit, it may as well just be called the college playoff invitational because that's all it's ever going to be. So your last action with the Cincinnati Bearcats was in the Peach Bowl against a Georgia team that has found itself at number one through nine weeks of football going into the 10th week. How surprised are you at this point in time before tonight to see Georgia at number one and Cincinnati at number two, both those same participants who met up in your last collegiate experience? Uh, that was an out, like anyone that was at that game. Yeah, heartbreaking the way we lost, but that was a very hard game. Both sides of the ball, like two teams slogging it out. Yeah, we were missing guys. They were missing guys, but I could honestly see that Georgia was going to be coming full steam ahead, much like Cincinnati was. We were going to be both very good teams in the coming year, and yeah, hats off to Georgia. They just thoroughly deserve that number one spot. There's definitely no no debate there. So how excited are you to see a guy that we lovingly refer to as the rake, a fellow Aussie coming in at punter, your position coming in and maybe not quite to where you were as a senior, but still filling in those shoes very well. And, and you guys are both very tall gentlemen, you know, and just in general. So, um, you know, like I said, just filling in those shoes, literally. He's done an amazing job, to be honest. Uh, I think I'd actually say he's probably a little bit further ahead than where I was as a freshman. Um, he's definitely doing his job. And in games like where we need it, like, uh, I don't know, I think he's already had maybe three recovered off fumbles from returners or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, only, I think I only ever had two, like, my whole time. He's already had three in his first season. So he's definitely got something that I can't do. So if he can keep doing that, no worries. So... Have you been just, uh, I mean, you, we've seen some struggles on special teams. We've seen some, you know, some crazy things happening with Cole Smith being out. Um, have you had any concerns on your special teams unit that you've left behind to take the charge in your, uh, in your leave? No, not at all. I don't like anybody that knows special teams knows that it's a game. Like you can't, you can't not have it sort of thing. Like, and everyone was quick to jump all over Cole yada, 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 this, that, and the other. But I don't think anyone realizes that specialists are going to be harder on themselves than anything you're ever going to read someone write to you on Twitter. At the end of the day, you only get, what, three or four plays a game to showcase what you can do. And you make one mistake or a couple of mistakes, everyone remembers it for weeks to come. Whereas if you play another position, linebacker, quarterback, you get 45, 50 opportunities. And if you make a mistake once, it's sort of brushed aside because you've done 49 other good things. So... Now, I've got full confidence in all those boys on the special teams unit, and they are a young unit now. Like, there's not a lot, other than Cole, like, there's not a lot of experience in that room that's played a lot of football. So, there's definitely, um, the leadership's got to come from within, and I think that's definitely what they're doing over these next few weeks and what I've seen since those, since the other young guys are sort of getting a bit of a shot as well. How much are you getting a chance to talk to the guys that are on the team as far as, uh, especially in that special teams room to kind of give them any words of advice or anybody leaning into you as, you know, maybe your mentor or somebody who's been there before to try and kind of get your point of view. Mason bounces things off me every now and then like uh, Fletch, that is the punter. So like he, we talk probably every, every week, every couple of weeks, just a few messages here and there, ask him sort of how he's doing, what he's feeling. Uh, I talk to Cole pretty frequently too. Like he, 
I, he's one of my best best mates and always will be sort of thing. So we we chat all the time. So and then Case and Pfeiffer as well. Like I've talked to all those guys on a weekly basis probably. So yeah, we're all still pretty close and just bounce anything that they ever want or need. Like I'm just here just to be a resource, just bounce it off me. I'll tell you straight up. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. So that's that's sort of what I, what I give. So, so with the... Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I, I was going to throw out a few weeks ago uh, when Travis Kelsey changed his uh, his profile picture back to a uh, himself in a, in a UC, in his UC days, and then the wave took over. Was, was that like just like a super organic thing? Did like any of you guys start like sending messages to each other like, hey, we're going to we're all going to do this like. I actually jumped on the wave probably a little bit later than everybody else did. So I already had like a picture of me playing for Cincinnati. But I changed it to one where I ran the fake in the in the peach bowl because nice. reasons. Just why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I could not do that. But uh, sort of, yeah, Travis Kelsey sort of started the whole thing from what I can understand. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you've got like guys that have been out of football for 20 and 30 years that have just happened to be on Twitter, like changing their profile picture to like, to old old pitchers playing for UC, so it just became very organic, and then everyone just started doing it. And alumni and like the UC like Bearcats page, and everyone just started retweeting them all. So everyone was just like getting traction. My whole feed was just like past players and alumni yeah. just changing their profile picture. It was unreal. So how upset are you that Game Day is making its first appearance here now that you're not donning a jersey on Saturdays? Doesn't worry me. I'm going to be one of those angry mobsters in the crowd with the sign that's going to get kicked out. <laughs> so you're going to be you be there on Saturday? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I'm coming back with a oh. with a marker in your pocket, ready to change your sign on the back. I don't know. I've spoke to a lot of like alumni over the last few weeks, and everyone sort of said we were coming back for homecoming anyway. And now that game day is there, I know a lot more are going to end up coming. So it could be a big big crowd of the alumni tent it would, could be bad bad but good oh no great but bad fantastic <laughs> that's fantastic um so the season like i said it's been kind of some some ups and downs what have you seen that kind of you would defend i mean trying to remove yourself from biases which i know is not terribly easy to do but what have you seen as a a guy who's who's played on a collegiate field that put cincinnati in this conversation as the number two team in the country as you know somebody who should be in the considered as one of the four teams that makes this playoff and where are the areas that you feel that they still need to work on to solidify that argument well I just don't understand. Like we've done everything anyone has asked us to do. Oh, you need to schedule more power five opponents and do that away from home and get wins. We did that. No one knew Indiana was going to tank like they have. They were ranked right. in the preseason polls. They were ranked in the top 15. We went to Notre Dame, put on a show, went to Indiana, probably played a slow first half, but then dominated after that. I don't understand what the committee needs to see and as far as all these other teams that are ranked in front of us who are their out of conference games who do they play they don't play anybody like in their out of conference games they just do mickey mouse games they know they can win especially in the fcc and the big 10 but for someone like the 
the Ohio State one I can understand because people always like they're the only people that are going to be happy, and they're the, all the people that are in everybody's mentions right now. Yeah, we're back on top. They can go back to Walmart and buy another Ohio State shirt, but it is what it is. But I think that it's, it is like I'm, I'm not a huge Joe Galloway fan, but as what he as he put it, it's a little bit disrespectful. And if they're going to make it that way, they should have outlined it from the start. There's nothing you're going to be able to do, and. You can say, oh, they had a struggling game against Navy, but who schedules the academies outside of conference play? Because no one likes to play triple option. It's hard to prepare for. And, oh, yeah, these are one in six or one in seven teams or whatever they were. But the saying goes, no one wants to play a hungry dog because the hungry dog always got more fight than the one that's been fed. So that's just the way it goes. So teams that have nothing to lose are going to play Cincinnati better than teams at the middle of the run. That's always how it is. I've never heard that analogy. That's fantastic. I'm... Is that an Australian saying? Yeah. I could have just made it up just then, but if we can run with it, we'll run with yeah, it. Yeah, no, we'll I'm here for it. it. Let's put that, that on a shirt. <laughs> I want it on a shirt. I, let's put that on. I'm going to have my wife put on use her cricket machine to make it tomorrow. Hit, hit up, uh, uh, you know, Cincy shirts or LFG shirts or something and, and be like, hey, I got this idea. And, and you can put slogan. <laughs> you can put slogan. Jimmy, Jimmy Smith 37 or I don't know if you have a logo, if you have people who have made you a logo or anything like every college player right now has with the uh, the new NIL, rules in NIL place. Deals. <laughs> Just miss those, man. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't actually think you can get them as international players. Oh, that is well. true. Oh, I, yeah, I got, forgot about qualify. that. Yeah. So, so I had a lot of people reach out and said, man, it would have been good if you got the emails. I said, no, it wouldn't have been. I would have been more upset than what I am because <laughs> I couldn't have accessed any of it. Yeah, I think uh, with the basketball team, when they had that uh, that event a uh, couple couple months ago, um, people like uh, Victor Lockin, people like uh, Abdullah Doe were not able to participate because, uh, mm -hmm. to your point, yeah, there are international players. Um, so I think it's something to do with the visa. If you're here as a student, you can't also it be is. here as a, as a work visa. Um, I wonder so if you could have. Uh, I wonder if they could get a uh, like an NIL deal with like a company in their home country, though. You could. I would. I would think you'd be able to, but I think it can only still be merchandise and things like that. It can't be like actual cash payments. Interesting. So, like, if, if like if uh, like so, if Fletch wanted to like do an NIL deal with someone, he could get sent like, a few shirts and give him a shout out on. Instagram, that's no problems. I think it's when money exchanges hands. Wow. That's when it's bad for the international guys. And I, I did see his uh, his brother's going to be in Arkansas next year. So he's going to actually is. be playing. The, the Aussie kickers are taking over college sports, man. Are they? Are they? Is that all come out of, was it pro kick? Yep, yep. All of us. Nearly every guy that's come over is out of pro kick. Like, I think they've had over 100 now, like well over 100 like over the last six or seven years come play college football yep so, so is it is, is that something that starts as like australian rules football or rugby and then typically like so did you you play rugby or i played australian, australian rules football for like six or seven years growing okay. up like that was like my junior sport and then yeah sort of through mutual contacts got in contact with pro kick australia and then they sort of said yeah look this is something you could do have a think about it and yeah made the decision that that's what I wanted to do. So I'm here. And then you came over and hooked up with Coach Fick. Did. Nice. So did. what was your relationship with Fickle like? Oh, great. Great. I uh, like. I was lucky because I came over as a 22-year-old freshman. So like 
I got a lot of leeway, whereas a lot of people didn't like Coach Pickett always tells people like he's a man, he doesn't need to be worried with things, like he'll do his stuff, he's not not one to and that was sort of the respect that I had from day one. So it was sort of the respect that I gave back. So I had to establish a, like a leadership role, I had to bring younger guys along in terms of maturity and things like that. And was like that sort of first wave of guys like myself, Derek Forrest, um, Jarrell White, like all those guys that were in that first like recruiting class. And now they've gone on to do other things. It was sort of like being in like the buying into the new culture sort of thing and help build the program into what it is now. So it was a good thing to be a part of, that's for sure. So is there like a part of you that's just kind of like proud Papa here at seeing where the, the program is currently and, and just the, the status of, you know, just fickle and, and the rest of the coaching staff, just kind of all just evolving into what's become a G five monster. A hundred percent. Like anyone that's played over the last three or four years can like easily put that in the ring and say, I helped bring the change of the Cincinnati program to put it back on top rightfully so where it should be. So to have that in your repertoire, that feather in your hat is a pretty nice thing to have. Like I can say I was a four-year starter at the University of Cincinnati at the turning point when they got invited to go to a Power 5 conference. Yeah. What you got, Jeff? I've been, I know I've been uh, ostracizing a lot of the questions. I know you always got some in, in the chamber, but I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where like yeah you you see this this team who a lot of us here like I don't I don't know how you came across you know the the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, down in Australia if it was like <laughs> hey you know you did like some workouts that sent out some video I would assume uh, and, and some teams contacted you uh, it doesn't matter who any of the other teams were because you came to the right university um, but <laughs> you know those of us who grew up in Cincinnati saw a team that was in conference USA that to get tickets to see the basketball team, we had to buy football, football tickets. tickets. <laughs> I've, like, I've yeah, heard stories of that. So there, there, there was a lot of that. And then, you know, we, we hit, you know, the, the D'Antonio, Brian Kelly era, even Butch Jones a little bit. And then things really fell off. And so for us to, to, get somebody like Luke Fickle who came here and has decided that this is like home and then to go out and get all the, the guys that you mentioned earlier and have a team that was, you know, part of the turning point moving us forward into where we're headed, where UC said, and I, I keep saying we, and it's, you know, we as the fans are just excited to be, to be able to turn on a game on ESPN instead of looking ABC. through the ESPN eight, the Ocho, to try and find a UC football game or a UC basketball game. I, I like the collective we like we like anything that anyone that I know that's played like with, for the Seaport over the last four years loves like the inclusive community that there is like with Bearcat football like everyone's been along the ride with us for the last four years and that's why you always hear like there's anybody that's in the media always thanks the fans everybody that's been there like since like the bad and now through to the good, and it's just a whole different feel. Like that first four and eight season with Coach Fick sucked. Like it, it wasn't good. And then the next one, would we go like 10 and three or something like that? Yeah. And then 11, 11 and nine. Like it's just everyone's been there for the rise up. And now it's good to stand on top of the, stand on top of the podium and have all the fans behind you. It's good. Now, Brady Collins joins me 
and and Brent, who was with us earlier, and Chad, uh, every Monday when during the off season, he's a crazy person, right? Like he's legit, actually. Like, I, and I, I know he puts on his like professional face when he's with us on the podcast, and and God bless him for it. But he's legit a crazy person, right? Not job, absolutely not job. <laughs> what do you have? Could, do you have a... could could spend time in a padded room every few weeks. I'm not sure. <laughs> Might be good for him, to be quite honest. But is there is there a good like Brady Collins story that you can share with us that won't get him in too much trouble, but it's still like just giving us an idea and maybe people who don't get to talk to him on as regular basis as I find myself getting to talk to him. Oh, yeah, I've got a few good ones. So like, so like Coach Collins is so full on all the time, but that's like sort of what you need out of a head strength coach. He's got to be like that energizer and that motivator because if you have someone at the top of the podium, like at top of the pedestal, that's not um, like an energy vampire, someone that takes away people's energy rather than give it to them. He's the exact opposite. He'll give anybody, he gives someone the shirt off their back that was going to make them do better sort of thing. And that's just sort of the way he runs the weight room. So when I first got to UC, I was a reasonably skinny person, not quite as skinny as Mason Fletcher, but I was, I was pretty skinny. And No one was calling you the rake. No, no, I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't found in Ace Hardware, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, so I had to gain a little bit of weight and sort of coming into like the last COVID year when we had all that time off and we weren't really running and all we were doing was lifting and eating. I sort of got back and I was around 250 or two, 252. And I was big, but I was strong, but I was big. And I was probably a little bit too big. And I went up to like Coach Brady, I'm like, Coach Brady, like, I'm sorry. Like I got a little bit heavy. He's like, no, 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 we like it. We love it. And it was like getting real excited and juiced about me being 250. But as soon as I got in there, like, yeah, you're gonna probably have to lose a touch, a little bit of weight. But he, but he was like, I'll juice up now. We'll get you to 260. We'll, we'll do some things, we'll get you there. I said, all right, I'll, I'll be, end up putting my hand down in the dirt. I'll be playing in the three-tech if, if we're not careful here. That's fantastic. I'll be booting the ball out of Nipper here in a minute. Like, i got to be able to keep it in here somewhere. Yeah, I don't know that I'd be able to swing the leg if I was 260. The leg might be a little bit slower than what it is now, so it might not go anywhere. That's great. Uh, have you been around? I know you've you've been uh, back. I know I saw you for uh, – for uh help me out here the crazy um, squat fest squat thank you um but have you been there was the i don't remember if the field was was quite done at that point in time i don't know if you've made it to any games since um or seen any of the new facilities that they've built i know like they have like i believe the video room's done now um have you seen anything on campus since they've gotten any of the new upgrades i saw the new turf because i went and saw the game against murray state i came back okay. for the murray state game and was there then but i haven't seen i've just seen the pictures that they've posted online of the okay. of the new meeting room and then i've heard the new proposal for the indoor facility which is unreal we can get rid of that nasty bubble and have something permanent that's going to do an unbelievable job for not just football for but for all athletics there at uc now chad says it smells like a taxi is that accurate I haven't honestly. I haven't been in too many taxis to be able to tell you that because Uber's everything. More than right. Yeah, and then see, like that's they always make them smell pretty nice with air freshness. So it's not uh, probably overpowering with air freshness if we're going to be honest. But it's sort of 
not like a burnt smell, but like, you know how like uh, you put popcorn in the microwave and then like there's that last bit and it kind of smells like that little burntness. That's what it smells like in there. And it's, it's not ideal. Oof. Not Would you rather that. be in the bubble or out in the cold? Cold. Cold. Uh, it depends. It depends. I'm, I'm not going to say cold right now because the first year that I was there, I sort of was lucky because it was one of the most mild winters they'd had. And then we had the four and eight season. So I went home for all of December and went back home to an Australian summer. So I was out skiing and having the time of my life. And then we came back in January and we had like a, one night where there was like 10 feet of snow and it was negative 20 wind chill outside. And that was the first day we had to go back to report into the weight room at 5.30 in the morning to start like the lift program. With crazy braiding. Oh, 100%. And I remember walking there and I was like, this isn't for me. Can't do Cincinnati. Not living here. This is not. This is not ideal. <laughs> back to Australia, I go because I just come back off this really, this really nice summer. <laughs> so, I mean, they say everything down in Australia is going to kill you. Have you encountered anything down there that that almost got you? No, it's it's wildly, wildly blown out of proportion by the media, as most things certainly are. But, shocker. Yeah, shocker, right? I know, but. Um, <laughs> The way that they sort of explain it is like you leave your back patio area or your front door and there's just like snakes, spiders, and then kangaroos ready to just box on and bite you. So like, it's definitely not how it is. You, you leave your house and you go do other things, but I've seen plenty of snakes and spiders, but like you leave them alone, they leave you alone sort of thing. It's not, it's not this big uh, man versus wild sort of relationship. <laughs> That's that's good to know in case anybody ever wanted to travel to Australia and there's somebody who's actually lived it. He, so you're you're saying that there aren't spiders in every bathroom since apparently that's a rumor that you have to have one of those crazy spiders in your bathroom to to that's the size of your palm just to make sure that everything plenty, else is okay. I've seen plenty of big spiders, but like they're not like ones that are going to kill you. It's the small ones that will kill you. I'm not worried about the ones that are the size of your palm. It's the ones that are the size of your pinky finger. They're the ones that I'd worry about, but. You can find the occasional spider in your house, but it's nothing that good bug spray won't fix or a shoe. You know, I I, I grew up watching Steve Irwin. Stop. So, you know, (laughs) I I, I saw quite, I I learned a lot about uh, Australian animals through the Animal Planet shows with Steve Irwin. I don't don't think you have any Australian that could say that he was not their icon growing up because, like, anyone that was in my generation that was like that four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old when he was like at the height of his career remembers watching every show with him on it and learning about animals and stuff. That was like the height of Steve Irwin. Like, I always wanted to go, like literally like, growing up, like I'd be like, we, we have to go to his zoo. And my parents were like, yeah, we can't. <laughs> it is very, very far away. I'm like, I get that, but like, it can't be that expensive. Like, we fly to Florida, and they're like, man, it's a little. <laughs> times it by, by 10, and then you might get there. Right, exactly. Which is what's worse now. I think it's about 7,500 for a return trip to Australia right now with COVID restrictions. I, I looked, say, and I was like, I was like, not, not going home. I called mum and dad. I was yeah, probably not coming home anytime soon. Good. Jeez. When was the last time you went back? Uh, two. Oh, hold on. It's more than that now. It could be three years. Wow. Wow. It's it's a little bit over two and a half. That's wild. Crazy. 
Yeah, so it's it is what it is. I'm lucky enough that I got a good bunch of guys over here and a good family that I've sort of made here. So it's it makes everything quite bearable. But back on the story about Steve Irwin, I've actually got a funny story. I actually got blocked on Twitter by um, Peter a few years back. Oh wow! Because Peter shared this tweet about Steve Irwin and said along the lines of he deserved what he got. He was an animal antagonizer. That stingray was just defending itself. And I re-quote tweeted it and I said, absolutely disgusting response from Peter. This man's done more for animal conservation than your terrible organization will in its entire lifetime. And I got blocked by Peter. So that's my claim to fame on Twitter. I got blocked by Peter. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Love that. Jeff, now we can't call it the bullpen anymore. So, Yeah, you can't call it a bullpen. (laughs) <laughs> Jeff, Ed, what, what, anything else you guys got before we let Jimmy get on his way this evening after spending some time with us here at Pardon Punctuation? You know, I got a question. Um, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm correct, you were uh, on the team and you got to meet uh, Pat McAfee when he showed up at Camp Higher Ground. Am I correct? What was that yes. like? Unreal. So, anyone that watches his podcast or knows the way he acts, like that's not put on like he's a hundred percent like that all the time with anybody he speaks to and just to be able to like uh, pick his brain and ask him as many questions as i thought i could so coach Vic was really uh accommodating that day like he said like look you guys have done your body of work it was towards the end of um uh towards the end of a uh, higher ground sort of camp i think it was actually the week before we we're about to play ucla that yeah. was when he came out and uh so he sort of said, look, you can punt in the morning and then like have some time with him because like ask him anything you want to know about the NFL and anything that you think could make you a better player. And he was more than accommodating with any question that I asked him. And he was uh, a very good reference to have. So yeah, just an unbelievable person. And I'd yeah, love to chat with him again, if possible. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you show. have that opportunity to reach out to him at any point and he'd probably <laughs> reach back. Like just slide into his DMs. I think you'd be all right. Yeah, probably. Maybe uh, <laughs> when I get on the podcast, let me in I mean, one day. Vito he's still he's still rocking the the Cincinnati gear every now. We and just then. sent him a new one, I think, because he got nice. he had Coach Fick on the show, so I think they just sent him a uh, a new like cut off like uh like uh, cut off hoodie. So he loves it. He always reps them. The the special ones that no one else can get their hands on. Exactly. 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 <laughs> All right, Jeff. You got anything else? We'll let him get on his way. Yep. All right, Jimmy, you've been been very kind with your time tonight. We do appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on sometime. Um, But as always, I know you you and Chad, Chad, you've been on Chad's podcast as well. So thank you for coming back to the the umbrella of of Chad's podcast network and uh, making another appearance here with us. But we, we do thank you, sir. No worries. Appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, to all the UC fans out there, make sure you show up on Saturday and stick right up the CFP. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll get it done don't you worry about that appreciate it boys thank you for having me on thank, thank you appreciate sir. it all right so that was james smith former punter for cincinnati so i know we didn't even touch too much on the Tulane game last night i don't really feel that we need to touch too much on the Tulane game tonight um you, you can only do with what you're given in those types of situations though when you have a team trying to control the ball the they 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 weren't able to stop the run though and that's become a kind of a, a common thing here and i know 
you know, we talk about style points. Well, Cincinnati had 10 possessions. They scored four touchdowns and a field goal on those 10 possessions. So they scored at a 50% clip, which is pretty efficient. So I don't know, Jeff, I'm sure you still have some things that you need to get off your chest in regards to the yeah. game. I mean, uh, unless you're still stewing on the, on the actual CFP. Well, the, the, CF, the, the CFP stuff is what it is. I mean, whatever. But I mean, as far as like the Tulane game goes, like, when when you really go back and look at it, you you've got to take some things into account. Like they they were playing in front of a, a small high school crowd, and they, they Brent were, said last night they listed them at about thirteen thousand, which I think is generous. I mean, we're talking I mean, like that's wildly generous. We're, we're that talking might have like, been how many tickets were sold. I don't know that that many people showed up. It was an eleven a.m. kickoff. Th those people were still like on at passed home. out on Bourbon Street. They were literally Probably. in in the gutters. Of Bourbon Street still. So, like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you can't really take that. Like, you should. You should take it into account. The fact that they they weren't at home. They're they're away in some stadium with, like, 15 people in it cheering. You're playing and, like, in front of a COVID crowd. So, right. I mean, less than a COVID crowd. And so, you, you I mean, they went up. They trailed for, like, all of, like, a minute in the game. You know, it was never truly, like worrisome or in doubt um and if you right. were worried at all like you know go be ohio state fan i guess i don't know um because you shouldn't be a uc fan if you're worried about that game um yes would it have been nice if they you know hung 60 or 70 points on them hard to sure. do when you only possess the ball 10 times though but but would have taken you, the defense we, stepping up Exactly. Okay. So like, you know, maybe you get the ball back. Maybe you capitalize on a couple, maybe you score on a hundred percent of your possessions and, and, you know, really show the committee what you are, but hard to get into your groove when you're only possessing the ball 10 times though. Once right. in the first I mean, they, one possession in the first quarter, one possession in the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, a, it's a, it was a game of, a, a, a of stealing time away. And it, they kind of did the same thing that, Navy would, that, that Navy did. You know, they, they held the ball for a long time and did a whole lot of nothing with it. I'm um, curious to see if, if Tulsa tries to steal that blueprint as well. And now we're all of a sudden in a conversation about do they have the do they have the personnel to do something like that? I'm not I don't sure. Know. I, I mean, haven't really looked at them. I mean, well, I know they played I, Ohio State really tough. They did were you watch losing, that game? They were only losing by like a score with like three minutes to go and then ended up it, it ended up the final score ended up looking a lot worse than what really happened from what i understand i didn't get a chance to watch it i don't usually turn on ohio state, ohio state i watched that game ohio state was up uh seven points with three minutes left in the game and they were passing the ball a lot i don't know if they actually have the personnel to try and run the ball the way that tulane ran the ball although we thought that tulane was up a creek without a paddle by having to start their third string quarterback um we you know navy i don't think anybody expected navy to quite gash us the way that they did because they haven't but teams are going to continue to get up for cincinnati unlike any other team that they have on their schedule because they're the number two team in the country and you know if, if you have a, a losing season you're sitting on one win for your season this is the one game that you have to leave everything on the field because what do you have left when you only have you know four or five games left in the year and you're sitting on one win you know what i mean like I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't know if we can continue to beat a, a dead horse here, but right. UC is a good football team. They they went in. If you want to talk about the last two weeks, they went into Navy, 
which is a, a difficult place to play. I mean, James Smith just said it. There, you don't see everybody and their yeah. brother outside of Notre Dame signing up for the academies, signing up to play against a triple option team. Um, you just don't. It's difficult to to plan for. It's difficult to kind of change what you've been doing all year for one specific week. Uber um, curious to find out when the last time you know an Alabama or an Ohio State or an Oklahoma had one of the academies on their uh, out of season schedule. Uh, I can't imagine it was recently because they normally play like, you know, Kentucky state or something. So it is what it is. Um, they do that up there. They win by seven points. They move on. They go to Tulane. Tulane played Oklahoma. And I know Oklahoma ended up ranked like eighth in the CFP, which I'm sure they're all fired up about. Um, but they, Played Oklahoma to a, a five-point game uh, in Oklahoma, a game that was supposed to be in Tulane, at Tulane, but ended up in Oklahoma, and they played them to a five-point game. Uh, so here's what it is. They, they took care of business. They won. I, I guess maybe they're supposed to lose one of those games. I, I don't know. Oregon lost to a 3-5 and five Stanford team, and they're in the top four. So whatever. <laughs> at least you're not upset or anything. So, Ed, I mean, did you watch the game on Saturday? I know you just got your your puppy, or, or were you completely consumed with all of that on Saturday? No, Saturday was a soccer tournament, so the the soccer tournaments actually started at the same time the game is. So I I tried to pop in every little every once in a while uh, to watch it. We, me and another uh, dad of the field, were getting a little worried at the beginning. Uh, I don't care what Jeff says, uh, still got a little bit worried, um, but yeah. didn't get to watch the full game. Okay. So, I mean, any thoughts at the end of the game when you see a final score where UC wins by 19, people are still upset about style points and still upset about, you know, to Jeff's point, you know, only down for maybe a minute in the whole game and, you know, still had a, they they controlled the game from start to finish, more or less. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I thought we were going to have a game like that. Um, I was hoping it wouldn't come this close to, you know, the first projections of the committee. Um, you also didn't want two in a row where it was like that. Like, yeah, back back from the Navy game. Uh, right. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think peop- I think they're making too much out of style points. I think a win is a win. I mean, look, it was a, it was a lucky field goal, 50-yard field goal that kept us from winning the game last year, so. Uh, in the Peach Bowl, yeah. yeah. 50, 50, 57 yarder, 57, I believe it was. But stupid, Long. whatever, for a college kicker. But <laughs> Something that shouldn't be happening in, in college football. At all. And I mean, we just saw the Bengals, what, three weeks ago, can't hit a freaking 30. So, well, that was a weird game, I, anyways. But I was going to say I'd pump the brakes a little bit on that. Yeah, I would but. say. But you bring up the Bengals, and I think this is a good time to transition only because I don't know how much more we can continue to beat the dead horse. We do have college game day on Saturday, so I will be there along with Brent Young. Um, Chad will not be able to be there because of everything going on with Kelly, uh, but we will have uh, Bearcat Journal you know, representation there. Um, I'm not sure if uh, new – writer michael boston will be able to be there or not um i'm not i'm sure dave simone will be floating around that area with a probably hoodie full of oh, 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 oh. i'm out oh 
Oh, Dad made it. Uh, hey, Dad. I, popping I was. Something was. We we're, were getting ready to transition, but what's what's going on? There's no need to transition now. Nope, can't. Nah, you know. Kelly can't sleep, so you okay. know, it is what it is. Well, and I know you've been watching, so you got to see Brent make make his first appearance here at PTP, and we had a, a nice chat with the Aussie. I love James Smith. Like that's one of my favorite guys since I've been doing Good this. Dude. Like super cool. He's just fun. Like he's naturally funny. If there's anybody I've ever met, if I had to pick one guy that I thought like in my 16 years of doing this could like work in the content game and be really successful in the content game, it's Jimmy Smith. Well, it sounds like he's only working out right now, so we might be able to find a spot for him here with with BCJ. <laughs> I mean, that's not an accident that I'm like hinting <laughs> at this. <laughs> so what what you got, Chad? I mean, you you saw you saw the rankings come out tonight, and I, I've seen your your tweets. Your tweets were on fire. I don't know what they've been since we started recording. Um, since I started prepping around eight thirty or so. Um, where, where's your head at now that you've had a little bit of time to maybe digest all, I can't imagine it's that different, but how are you feeling right now that you've had a little bit of time to digest? I don't have a massive problem with UC at six. Like I, I get it to an extent. And I, it, like, we knew what they were going to do. We knew like the way the committee views this. Um, am I as choppy? Like you guys are kind of choppy for me. Am I choppy for you? No, no not at all. Okay. I'm probably um, choppy, but that's yeah, Aaron's choppy. That's a whole different thing. Um, but I, I don't get like, like Oregon and Ohio state. I, I, I don't get it because losses have to count. It has to count. Losing to Stanford has to be more important than Cincinnati not playing well against Navy. That has to be more important, right? Like, it, it has to be, but it's clearly not. And the minute that we saw that SMU and Houston weren't ranked, we knew. We knew the fix, the fix was, was, in. was in. Yeah. You know why Fresno State's in? Who does Fresno State prop up? Oregon. Oregon. Right. Who does Wisconsin and Iowa prop up? The rest of the Big Ten? <laughs> well, one of those two is very likely going to be in the Big Ten title game, right? Yeah. So you have to have a ranked team. You don't, but they do. We're talking about the corruption, Aaron. Right? Well, because, I mean, it's again, Gary Barta is of Iowa. and is Right. The, We're talking about the corruption. We're the, talking about why this is the chair of all of this. Bullshit. And he's got to, he, I mean, he's got to feel even worse having the number two team in the country just get jettisoned all the way back into the. the... Not now, not with the new rankings that came out. They're not all oh. the way back down there, though, is the thing. I, Iowa was still, I thought Iowa was still up in the 20s somewhere. Yeah, they're in the 20s. They they look like shit for three yeah. weeks. No, 22 at, at, at six and two and showing us nothing. The only thing they had and, at the beginning Penn of the State's season. Not around. Penn State's not around. Like, well, they don't need the Big Ten East. There's no purpose anymore. Right. They've got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Penn State has served their purpose. Yeah. And outside of Michigan, who is Michigan State beat? And Michigan, who's Nobody. Michigan even played? Nobody. Same reason you That's, 
Six and three Minnesota at 20. Three loss Minnesota at 20 when they're not even in the AP. Right. Not even in the coaches. But here they are at 20. And you have, you know, Mississippi State with for the same reason at five and three, not even with that sixth win, but five and three, sitting right. even higher at 17. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Minnesota gets a lot of credit because I think Ed is going to play running back for them next week. I am. Hey. I am. Congratulations, Ed. Thank you. Oh no, they get they get credit because they've overcome a lot of adversity by losing every running back right. on their on their team. Cincinnati should have had more guys get hurt. Here's the thing, though. How fucking stupid that is. Yeah, Didn't I'll... Notre Dame beat them? But they're not a good team. Yes. I played running they're, back. No, they're, for they're, Notre number, Dame they're only num- they're only number ten. <laughs> they're only number ten. It's ridiculous. I'm shocked. I, I'm shocked they didn't. They didn't outright put Oklahoma in better position. Kind of. Uh, that, 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 that was that was also shocking because I I thought that Oklahoma would be up a little higher was, than eight. It was the right thing to do because they haven't looked like a legit team. Well, but if you're, you're going to Cincinnati, for, if you're going to knock Cincinnati for the same games, almost like. But but they didn't do it to everyone. No, because like, then you, you Oregon you, deserves to be docked for the the loss to Stanford, the way they played against Cal, who sucks, the way they played against UCLA. You notice that, where that's where they, their resume. You notice where they put the Florida A and M. I'm sorry, not Florida A and M, but Texas A and M team that beat Alabama. All of a sudden, right. they're all the way up to 14. Right, crazy. Which, is, but they beat Alabama. But and their losses are to who? Mississippi State. Who's which is why you're balloon, right? which is why you're ballooning them to five and three with right. with a five and three record. Whole things, whole things I a mess. Also, I think they also lost to Arkansas. Yeah, they lost to Arkansas when Arkansas was hot earlier in the year. Yeah. So mm. well, but, here's the. I mean, here's the. I, somebody said this on Bearcat Journal, and I didn't really catch it. But what Barta said was very telling about Alabama without mentioning Alabama. And you guys have been doing this, so you didn't really like. Yeah, we haven't been able to pay attention to the Twitter sphere or BCJ. The conversation was three through 10, which means Alabama was not in that conversation. No, they Alabama were is always lost at two yeah. well, that, with a loss. To a two-loss Texas A&M. That's why I brought up to Brent. Where Brent's saying that Georgia and, and Alabama is going to fix itself. I'm not so sure. Not. I'm not so sure because a at that point, Alabama is in place to get in. You you give them the four spot, even if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Let's because, say that game's 21-20. Because you can't allow somebody else at the at the dinner table. How are you going to allow Cincinnati at the dinner table when you have been ballooning, ballooning? Alabama at this point. Well, they and they and they they spent the entire first half of the year ballooning the Big Ten. They're still that, that. well. They have to do that though. Well, they're continuing because to do it's that. not going to hold up. They have to do that because otherwise you have right. to start letting other people come to the table and they can't handle because that. Otherwise, you would have Houston and SMU where they deserve to be at least probably twenty and here's, maybe twenty five. Here's the problem with the Big Ten. It's so average, you have to hedge your bets in like seven different places. In the East, it's going to be Ohio State. We know that. But we don't know if it's going to be Michigan, Michigan State, or Penn State. 
or Indiana, who was ranked preseason. Unless Ohio State really shits the bed and loses to both Michigan and right. Michigan State. But, but that's Ohio what I'm State saying. Blow up against like a Purdue. Right. That, a, but a few years ago. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. They have to balloon those other four teams <laughs> so that there's going to be two of them that are, you know, a contender to Ohio State, right? The other two will fall by the wayside. The two that Ohio State beats are going to be in the top 15. And then. You have to balloon the West so that whoever plays Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game also is in the top 20, even though they've sucked ass for months. But that's why this thing looks like it does. You got to put Fresno State in because they balloon Oregon. And, and you got to put, you know, Baylor and Oklahoma State at 11 and 12 just in case. When they beat Oklahoma, one of those two teams will be, and it'll probably be Baylor because Oklahoma State can't beat Oklahoma. They've propped themselves. But when one of those teams beats Oklahoma, all of a sudden, they're going to jump into the top six, top seven, top six, and be a factor. And if they win the Big 12 championship, as a result well, of that win, which is which is why in the mix, which is why Gary Barta and his respect can can both go to the same place. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. He said, "We respect Cincinnati." Then shit in their mouth, which <laughs> you know. What he really said is, "We have to respect Notre Dame," but Cincinnati, fuck them. That's what yeah. he said. If you go back and listen to his words. We, we respect Cincinnati because of Notre Dame. But outside of Notre Dame, fuck those guys. Listen to his words. Those are his words. He did the so same thing talking. Uh, so what you're saying is we should thank Brian Kelly for the opportunity. Somebody should send Brian Kelly a fucking gift basket. A thank you note. Uh, for the opportunity. Tony Pike should send him a gift basket. I'm going to talk uh, to Tony about that to, tomorrow. To, we sit in to, Montgomery to sit, Inn? Or? To sit and watch him to sit and watch him talk. And, and regardless, regardless of everybody grabbing a low-hanging fruit of Am I mean his, for snaggle, snaggle tooth? his snaggle teeth. Am I mean for calling no, him I, snaggle I referred tooth. to that in our group chat. Because, because Before he, you, I saw you did it. Because... Well, the thing is, is you you've got a guy that that gets up there, and and this has kind of already been like touched on. We've talked about it, whatever. But like, he he says, okay, well, UC beat Notre Dame, but who else have they beat? Well, why don't we ask who have who they else lost? has anyone beat? Who who have they lost to? Oh wait, the answer is no one. They've lost right? to no one. Did, did they maybe not look their greatest the last two weeks? Fair. That's probably fair to say. But then you look at some of the. The other teams, they haven't looked great all year. Let's look at a they total still body won by of nineteen. Work. They still right. won by nineteen and controlled the game at Tulsa. And they Tulane. were up seventeen or Tulane. What? It's the mm. same fucking thing. They were up seventeen in the fourth quarter Tulsa. against Navy. Yeah, Tulsa. They were up seventeen in the fourth quarter at Navy, and things got a little weird. Yeah, I mean, we we already know about your feelings on on Tulsa between you and Mo. So <laughs> we got that going on. <laughs> I, Those Tulsa people I, haven't chirped me much this week. It's strange. I haven't heard I, much from them. because I, they blocked I, you. I mean, I did. I did pose because 
<laughs> I did post a question earlier to uh, to Brent and, and the other guys here, so I'll ask you too, Chad. Do you, do you maybe have a little spot in your heart that feels sorry for Tulsa coming in uh, to Nippert Stadium on this particular weekend? So a couple weeks ago, I I went. There's this like little like gourmet donut shop by my house, and it's really good. And I bought like eight gourmet donuts, and my daughter had two friends that were spending the night. I remember you telling this story. Yeah. So I brought home some donuts, and there was they were they were they were fire. You had the cookies and cream, right? You missed. I out had on, the cookies and cream. There you missed was, out on uh, the good one. There was a fruity loops. Uh, or no, there was a fruity pebbles. pebbles. There was was a fruity pebbles donut. There was a a blueberry cheesecake donut. There was a pumpkin pie donut. Mm. So the kids took all the good ones and I took the cookies and cream, which, you know, it's a pretty standard flavor. It was a really good donut. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it. But I told that story on the podcast and Chelsea Gilchrist, who is a legend in Bearcat Twitter, world sent me a three-word reply to my response on how i handled the donut situation fuck them kids <laughs> fair that's how, that's how i feel towards tulsa right now <laughs> she's like you gave up the fruity pebbles donut so that one of your your daughters not your daughter your daughter didn't get the donut one of your daughter's friends got the donut. Fuck them kids. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Tulsa Saturday. Well, cats by ninety. They they may very well hang a hundred on them. I mean, like you, you've got a team who certainly feels. I mean, if Joey Galloway is saying is kind of breaking the mold on ESPN. Yeah, uh, and, and I never would have guessed it contradicting himself. I right? never would have guessed ago, it would have been Joey Galloway, but you've got him saying Cincinnati at six is disrespectful. You've got him saying that, and then you see some of the the guys. You know, I got what did I say all earlier. along? This is what I said all along. If they leave, since all they had to do was put Cincinnati in the top four, put Cincinnati at four, put Oregon at five, Ohio State at six. And the committee doesn't take any heat. They take no heat. No, I mean, what's going to happen? They hear it from Ohio State fans. And, but no, the, but what's going to happen? You're, you're always going to hear it from Ohio Aaron, State fans unless they're number one. I yelled at Dave about this last week. Let me fucking talk. <laughs> what's going to happen is Ohio State still has Michigan State and Michigan, right? They are, if, if Ohio State is at six and Cincinnati's at four, they already eliminated SMU and Houston as, as quality wins. I think you're right? giving Ohio State fans entirely too much credit that they think that far ahead. I'm talking about the committee. The committee. Mm. If you put Cincinnati at four, you're still going to have the Michigan State game, the Michigan game, and the Big Ten championship game to jump Ohio State over Cincinnati, right? Those are all... Last year, they jumped three-loss Florida and two-loss Ohio State over at Cincinnati when Cincinnati didn't play. They've already set the precedent for jumping a G5 team in mid to late November. Hey, Matt, in the chat, I'm not giving him Vince Vaughn. I'm giving him uh, um, the the guy from um, 
shut the fuck up, Donnie. That, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's that's Chad. Right I'm now. just saying, let me like let me finish the thought. I, I did you interrupt. I'm just you. making the joke. I know. Um, but there's gonna be chances for Ohio State to jump Cincinnati if they're if 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 you put Cincinnati in front of them. You've already you already made sure of that by eliminating SMU and Houston from the discussion, right? Because at this point, there's no way that that Houston and SMU end the season. If you see if you see wins out, right? Because they're gonna they would beat both of them if Houston yeah. comes into the championship game. There's That'd no way that 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 SMU and Houston end the season ranked in the CFP. No chance. Because if they get to 24 or 25 and Cincinnati wins. Then they fall out. You're out. So they assured that tonight. Like that is not an overreaction. They assured that tonight. Because what happens if you put SMU and Houston in the tw- the top 25 tonight, and the teams that stink ahead of them lose? Now you got to move them up because Wisconsin lost, and Iowa lost, and Fresno State lost, and like you know what I mean. Like you've got to continue to move them up because of the results. Well, if you leave them out, you don't have to do shit with them. They don't they don't matter. Somebody in our chat brought up earlier tonight. How do you leave Utsa unranked? Like what what did they have to do to not even get top 25? You leave them unranked because they have no bearing on serve anything. No else. purpose. They serve no purpose. Which is everybody sh- from 17 to 25 serves a purpose. It's gross, that's, man. That's the corruption that people don't get. I'm going to talk about this on the radio. I'm in for Mo tomorrow from 3 to 6. Oh. That's my takeaway from this. Yep. It's not that Cincinnati is at 6. It is the teams that are ranked at the back end. To what they're doing from 15 to 25 because all of that is designed to affect what happens from 1 through 10 just in case. Just in case. So this ha- they've learned that lesson. Like there have been years where, you know, team 16 jumps up into the top four. They're not letting that shit happen anymore. Unless complete chaos breaks out. They're putting in safeguards at every level, every level. And the safeguards they did not put in were the ones that were related to Cincinnati. And that is so telling. It is so telling. I hate it. Were you, were you surprised to see Wake Forest where they were at? Not really. Like they're kind of right there in that. They're they're no. close enough, like that that they matter, like quote unquote, they matter. I think what saved the committee from getting shit on Wake Forest is Oklahoma was at eight. No. I mean, so we, you have you have undefeated ACC team at nine. And everybody's like, ah, and then undefeated big 12 team at eight. And then everybody's like, well, right. Like with, with I mean, apparent Heisman Heisman favorite, Caleb Williams at the helm. Right? When, when you, Caleb when Williams you, was the quarterback for the Kansas game, by the way. Yeah, I'm aware, but we right. just easily forget about that game. Cause yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but when you when you look at the things like what you were saying there is like you, all they had to do was put Cincinnati in the top four by putting them at six. You've got Twitter accounts like this uh, UConn football account uh, that is 
I mean, it's got like 17,000 followers, so it's a, a pretty yeah. decent account. UConn still uh, is a football tweeting team? Thing, tweeting no things. elevators? Yes, no escalators. Oh, no, no escalators, yeah. Those, Conference those guys, USA bound. Yeah, oh, tweeting things like, if Cincinnati wanted to be ranked in the college football playoff, they should have been better in 1954. Like, I mean, you're, you're starting to If no escalators has, back, has Cincinnati's back, you know things are fucked up. That's real weird. Right. That's real weird. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> it, with that. It's very strange. I'm going to, like, I, I don't, like, I unfollowed them when, you know, right. everything happened. I saw I'm gonna you. Go ahead, I'm, I'm going to have to go to, to go comment on that and be like, this is uncomfortable. This is awkward. I saw UCF <laughs> fans back on the, we're, we're beating the UC drum, which was equally strange tonight. It was like, they wanted to talk shit. They this wanted is to their talk fault. <laughs> you paved the way and you didn't even give us a good pass. Right. You sent us the wrong directions. <laughs> This path sucked. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, 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 it. And you know what? Then it goes. You gave back us to like, way like you gave us way like a <laughs> Yahoo directions. You got you printed out directions from what Yahoo. Well, apparently, it's not. It's not that you have to beat a Power Five team. You have they to beat old. a. You have to beat a big Power Five team. You have to beat. And and you have to they schedule in. That, that, that's the schedule in. No, 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 because Notre Dame is independent. You can't. You, right, that that yeah, doesn't count. Right. They don't yeah, count. That doesn't count. Yeah. Have to We've schedule and beat an Alabama or an Ohio State. One of the teams that's always in the in the mix. An Oklahoma. Because Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, etc., are just rushing well, to play Cincinnati. And that that's the other that that's like the other thing that, only that, their re house. that really threw a big right. wrench into the CFP from from Jump Street is the fact that Clemson sucks, right? Like they Imagine they couldn't, they they couldn't the even mix. fall Cincinnati back might have on been that. Twelve, right? If Clemson was in the mix, because then yeah. you had to put the ACC support. Wait, if if Clemson was undefeated and Wake were both and undefeated right now because they didn't play, Clemson would be in the top four and Wake would be like six. I'm just shocked right. that they, they still they would have to, you know, you see, they, well, you, they'd have to make like you'd have to. Wake would have to be there to support Clemson in the ACC title game. I just wonder if Oklahoma's not getting the the beat from from the the CFP committee oh, because yeah. they're going SEC and they're like, you'll have your time. Don't you right. worry. Just right, right now. It's not really serving any this purpose. Ain't it. You, this ain't it. You're this done with the Big 12. We're not going to give yeah. them anymore. You're you're coming to greener pastures. Don't but they worry. Did, but, but they still not, did yeah. give them a little bit of safeguard. No, but the Oklahoma stuff is right. We know yeah. that. No, Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma beat Tulane by five points at their home field. Yeah, maybe they spray painted Tulane on the field to make them feel better because it was supposed <laughs> to be a home game. They put the green wave. Yeah, you know, like the little angry middling <laughs> green wave, whatever. Like they they did that, and it it's so it's so frustrating. And I know that we all feel the same way. All of the UC fans, and even and now it seems that it has it has galvanized the the rest of the country against well, the machine. Here's, the thing. here's what I love, and I listened to Luke very intently tonight because I I've I've been I've been covering the guy for five years now. Like four years, 11 months, four years, 10 months. Are you going to give us the days like and hours 21, and minutes? 21, 21 days, uh, 12, 13 hours, so it's really, whatever. It's really from weird. The, from the opening press. I, I remember the day, like it was December 10th, 2016, because I was supposed to go 
my first trip to Hinkle Fieldhouse okay. to watch UC play Butler, Butler. And we had the Luke Fickle press conference where I couldn't get to watch UC lose to Butler and Chris Holtman on that day. Oof. Um, so I remember exactly like when that happened and like, The fact that it's at where it's at in retrospect is unbelievable. And and UC fans need to enjoy that. Because none of this makes any sense if you rewind to December 10th, 2016. And it won't in the none future. Of it makes sense. Like there's no way we should be here. But we're here and we just want a little fucking respect. Right? Like this isn't a flash in the pan. Yes, 2017 was bad. But 2018, 2019, 2020, this program has earned respect. They beat think. Power 5 teams in bowl games. You would think. They beat Power 5 teams in bowl games. They played with one of the most talent-rich programs in the sport in the Peach Bowl. They didn't win. Okay, that's fine. But, like, they have proved at every step along the way that they're worthy of being in this conversation and this is the rant I went on today. ESPN created this. Like, you want Cincinnati? Cincinnati doesn't play a great schedule. Do you think Cincinnati wanted to fucking be in the AAC? No. No. That was what was what ESPN afforded to them. They didn't want this. They wanted out of this from the day that it started. They didn't want to have to play Tulane and ECU and Tulsa, no. Temple. They were they in the Big didn't East. Want to have to play Navy. Nobody wants to have to play Navy. Right? How <laughs> different does this look if you replace Navy, Tulsa, or Navy, Tulane, and Temple with West Virginia, Pitt, and Louisville? Way different. Way different. It looks like a, a team that ended up playing Florida in the Sugar Bowl. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what right. it looks like. Weird. Right. Weird how that works out. It's just, it, it's exhausting to me on that front. Because, like, you've always got to have your guard up because people want to say, like, you know, Cincinnati did this to themselves. No, they didn't. They didn't want anything to do with this. They They've been trying to get out of this from the day that it happened. Sorry. They, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, they, they say Cincinnati did this to themselves. Cincinnati was always building out of where they were at. They built right. themselves out of Conference USA into the Big East, which was, at the time, a premier place to be. And then it crumbled around them, and they just got left out for really no good reason. Well, no, there was a reason. Well, ESPN uh, wanted to kill the Big East. A, a reason that, you know, just didn't, it didn't suit putting UC, moving UC right. forward. Right, and, and what did we end up with that? We ended up with, with a senator for a coach who didn't want to be here, who was collecting a paycheck to try and run the program into the ground. Right. And then you you get a guy that comes in, sees, okay, we're in the AAC, but I'm going to recruit like I'm in a Power 5 conference, and I'm going to put a team together, which, by the way, has probably 10 or 11 guys that are going to be drafted. I, I'd, I'd go eight. Okay, eight. So you're gonna have a, a high number of guys drafted. Go look. 
Go look where eight compares. Alabama right. had eleven last year. Okay, yeah. so there you go. So you, you and that's got, the most. That was Death Star Alabama. You, you Death you Star have, Alabama. You have you have a, a very good football team here. We said it last week. Enjoy the ride, and I, I, hopefully that gets like you know kind of broadcast from at least from us. I know Brent kind of mentioned it a little bit before he left. We can't control what silliness happens between the four walls of wherever the CFP committee yeah, is meeting. Don't let us so, spoil the season for you. I, I invited them onto the show. They're <laughs> probably not going to come. Probably uh, not. So. <laughs> I love the ambition of it. That, like, yeah, this is why I if, believe in you guys. If, if they want to come on the show, I believe they, they can They can talk all they want. We, Hell, I'd, I'd take Condoleezza Rice to tell us I, what happens I, in those meetings right I, now. I, like, I, I said it myself, you know. Condoleezza Rice! <laughs> I, I greatly respect, I, I have as much respect for the college football committee as they have for UC, and if that's a very right. high amount, then they need to come on the show and talk about it. Um, I, I love this Sorry, football I team. Get, I, I can't get the race draft Chappelle show out of my head right now. <laughs> I mean, anytime that we make room for you to have a Dave Chappelle quote in a podcast, I'm here for it. Uh, you know, I, it, it just comes even though he's canceled. I love, by I love Cincinnati. I love this football team. I love where they're at. I love. I love all of the Cincinnati sports, and you know, Wes Miller and the basketball team are going to get the same amount of love from this podcast uh whenever the the, the season starts and uh yeah you know, i just I, I hope that the rest of the fans the uc fans yes be upset you know be grumbly at the cfp committee but understand that the the kids that are going out there every saturday and busting their tail are, are you know doing it for us james smith said it they love the fact that it's a we with the fans and the team and that was our shameless plug for basketball this week on Pardon the Punctuation, just so we can make sure that we get posted on those basketball boards on Bearcat Journal. I didn't Journal. even do hey, that on purpose. You, well done, <laughs> you Jeff. Guys, you, guys, you guys went in tomorrow? I know I'm in. You in? In, in where? For the round uh, table, the basketball round table for Bearcat The BCJ Journal. basketball preview round table. You guys went in? What time is that? Time. Uh, eight. Whenever you can join between like eight and ten, probably it'll be a okay. long one. It's gonna be a long soccer. one. I'll, huh? I'll slide in. All right. What, what time's kids soccer over, Ed? Eight. So you could pop in at like eight thirty or nine. I'll try. And I need it as as the new executive producer of this podcast. I need more from you. Me? Yeah, I want you to talk more. You're funny. Talk more, Ed. Don't let Aaron and Jeff bully you. I'm going to use that Only line. I'm going to use that line you used earlier tonight. Hey, Aaron, let me sh shut the fuck up. And let me talk. <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, a, I, you I give you permission to use that line. I have well, to use it. On I, Jeff I've usually. been. I've been trying to make room for Ed here. I mean, he's got his 60 seconds of AEW, which we will give him every single week i promise you that oh yeah but, you give him you give him 1 minute every 2 only hours. 60 seconds but Thanks i did i i did lead off the show in all fairness with ed allow like allowing ed to give his opinion before i i let jeff go on his tirade the week i didn't get to watch a game and i kicked it to them to make sure that if if they had questions for jimmy i did jimmy's I great I got my jimmy's, like, jimmy's the ultimate like 
like a former player podcast guest. Funny. Oh, he's awesome. I don't know that Good there's point. been a funnier video that UC's released than his video when he was walking around interviewing everybody at the pool. Yeah. I don't know if do if you remember that one or not, but oh, yeah. Oh, Holy yeah. shit! Well, they, that they, one was they funny. They used him to interview students and stuff too. Uh, yeah. Up around the they the, used him like, around the cold tub after practice, where he was like hopping mm -hmm. in the cold tub and interviewing guys. I'm, I'm, He's outstanding. He really. I, is. I, really I told him, but before we started recording, he was in the in the chat with Ed and I, and I was like, "Dude, you need to just walk around with a microphone at on Saturday. <laughs> at times, on right, Saturday, like just around all the alumni and everything. Like it'd make well, great he, content." He did mention that a lot of the alumni had already like. Kind of gotten together and we're like, yeah, we're all gonna we're gonna be there. And he's like, and now there's like, you know, once college game day got announced, there were a lot more people that were like, oh, I'm definitely gonna be there. Like, yeah. He's like, the alumni that might not be able to hold us. You should have heard the response from the recruiting department because everybody was kind of aiming like, so they were aiming for the UCF game to be like the big recruiting game, football, basketball, like the whole nine yards. And then UCF, like Gabriel got hurt and that kind of went by the wayside. And everybody like pointed their guns at SMU, so they like ev like they were they were targeting the SMU game, which we did find out. Twenty twenty two, four star defensive end Mario Eugenio gonna is going to be you know, on an official visit for the SMU game. Right. Um, but then all of a sudden, game day, like you find that out. I, from what I heard, they found that out at like nine ten o'clock Sunday morning. Really, that game day was coming. They announced it at noon. Uh, but they found it out like two, three hours earlier. Scramble. And all of a sudden, the recruiting departments are like in scramble mode. Right. Right? I can like, imagine. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Game day is going to be here. We got to capitalize on this as much as humanly possible. Yep. So everybody's scrambling for Saturday. I'm probably going to cry sitting here not being able to be there here's what's going to happen though our special guest pictures pickers probably gonna be like bill cunningham or something it's not gonna be by cool no they're swinging bigger than that i like i said on the boards um did you talk I to drew heard... i did talk to drew today yeah i did stop in and talk to drew today drew anything you're allowed to share with us yeah drew lachey so one of my really 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 good friends is john john oh from uh, John John used to be on Q102. Now he's on Kiss. He's he started on Kiss yesterday. Yeah. So he one of my one of my favorite things is they named his show John John and Friends. So the hashtag to his show is John John AF, which like I love. That's phenomenal. Levitar did the same thing. I, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh yeah. PTP AF. I fucking love it. Like <laughs> uh so I stopped it. I was in doing Rick Berg and I did uh, like an hour basketball thing with Mo today. And John John and I, like John John, <laughs> when John John started at Q102, I worked at Q102 for like 15 years. Very few people know that. I worked behind the scenes at Q102 for 15 years. John John, when he started at Q102, was a student at uh, Cincinnati Bible College. Didn't know that. No. Yeah, John John was like he was working at the uh, the theater at the levee, oh, like as a uh, manager. The uh, burlesque place, the or, AMC. Yeah. No, the AMC or whatever oh, at the okay. levee. The burlesque place. Burlesque. The burlesque. <laughs> the cabaret. <laughs> the cabaret. What kind of theater you've been going to? <laughs> the the cabaret. Theater. My bad. At the levee. 
That's Ed, like I thought you meant talking. the brass ass back room. <laughs> Ed's talking privileges have now been revoked. You you got them and then you lost them. Very no, this is why you should talk more. We yeah, right. exactly. That's, yeah, this is that's exactly why you should talk more. But they used to like when we would do like movie premieres, like the manager would come up and talk. And Grover Collins, who's the program director for B105, saw John John go up and talk, and he was just a little, little like, well, not little, he's like six foot four, but he was like, you know, teenager, 19 years old, going to Cincinnati Christian Community College and started him at Q102. And then, like, John started working, and then I got my hands on him, and I was like, this, this religious shit ain't gonna work, bro. Like, that's, we're going down a different path. <laughs> Never looked back. <laughs> So I've like John John has been one of my best friends for a long time. Uh so him starting this week at, at KISS was it was awesome. But Drew Lachey is like his guest host because he's that's only got that like was that's today. His, All right. Yeah. That was that was John John and Drew Lachey. So is Nick gonna be in town this with the weekend. stars? And I was like, I minute, don't think so. No? I don't think so. I'm surprised. Um, but I have heard Kenya Martin will be in town. Yep. Kevin Euclid will be in town. He has to be in town. Well, they're they were already prior to gonna come. All of this, they were coming in town, which is weird because I think there's like some because of the the airline that it like the private the private flight company that is partnered with Game Day. I think there's like some weird thing where they have to fly in the guest, the guest, oh, yeah. Which is why, like, I, mean, I keep going back to the Ashton Kutcher thing, like when he was flown in and then rode like the yeah. the corn machine in for the Iowa Iowa State game. I'm very curious to see who they bring in combine? on this private jet, huh? I've heard it's not going to be Pete Rose. I don't think it was a combine. I think it was like something different. I don't know. It's a shucker, corn yeah. shucker. I play a lot of farm simulator. A wheat shocker, maybe a wheat shocker. I don't know. Um, the funny thing is, I actually heard like there was a, a thing with Pete Rose where it was it was possibly going to be Pete Rose, and they For... tried to like connect the dots, and all the dots were connected until ESPN spoke to Pete Rose, and he was like, "No, I can't make it." And they were like, "What the hell? Everybody said we were good. It was called a combine set to be just set to be Pete Rose, and then all of a sudden Pete Rose is like, "No, nah, I'm too busy. I got stuff going on. So he's probably got an autograph signing in Vegas or something." Where he, he can't make it. He's probably opening another casino. Who knows? Probably heading to other. Um. So who knows who it's going to be right now? It could. Uh, you also got to think though. It could be somebody like. Uh, it could be. Uh, what's the guy's name from Kentucky? Um. Oh, a bit. big movie star from Kentucky. Clooney. Clooney. George Clooney. Right. Or it Clooney could be take Coach Bombay. Uh. Apparently, Ocho is in town. This weekend, he is. Well, he did just get selected as the uh, as the week nine ruler of the jungle oh, okay. for the uh, the Bengals. Wonder so he's supposed that. to be in town this weekend. You want to talk about entertainment? And he like he used to come to UC and work out with UC's guys, like the wide uh, receivers. That'd be, like, interesting. That would be interesting. I'd love uh, I well, want. I if I had to pick, I'd pick Votto. I'd it, love to have Joe. We talked about that. Yeah. Oh, they'll pick. Burn, there was baby. a. Uh, you bring up Ochocinco. There, yeah. there was a, a a tweet today that that went out that was a picture of Ochocinco, AJ Green, 
and Jamar Chase, and it was uh, start him, sit him, start bench, bench, bench and cut him. Yeah, and, yeah. And that it was very difficult for me, but being Sorry, my AJ. age and how I grew up, uh, I went with Sorry, Ocho. I, I went with Ocho. <laughs> Bench Jamar and cut AJ. And yeah, then, sorry, AJ. Yeah. Love oh, you, yeah. love you, bro. But you know. it was just the way he went out, man. It was so, well, not even that, but it was some recency bias with with Jamar, right. and, and then that's, that's the same uh, recency bias uh, that that hits you with Ocho, AJ, though. Yeah. yeah, that that too. But Ocho Cinco will always be the wide receiver one for me. I mean, he just will be. But that obviously a different story. But he would be an awesome guest picker. I never even thought about that. It would be pretty good. Votto, Votto, I think, like, I, the thing I don't know about Votto that would make me uncomfortable is I don't know how much he knows about college football, right? Yeah. He he reads. He, so, he, he, he subscribes to Sports Digest. Yeah, but I just don't know, like, how diehard of a college football fan he is. Like, I know he, like, baseball. He's a big basketball guy. Yep. Like, he loves basketball. I just don't know where, like, like if he was invested in college football, it would be Joey Votto all the way for me because he would fuck those guys up on set because they would oh, yeah. try to be like kitschy and funny. And Joey would be like, no, you're Joey. an idiot. He'd be Joey. He'd show yeah. up in a Mountie outfit or something crazy. Right. And they'd be like, what the hell are you doing, bro? And he'd just be right. like, what? This is what I wear. This is my city. They know. Jo- but Joey would be like, you took them to win. Like, <laughs> that tell was a me, horrible tell choice, Kurt. What are you right. thinking? Good that team. That team has an S and P plus of twenty seven point four, and a da, 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 <laughs> right like and the the other guys on the set would be like, "Oh shit, we don't, we don't <laughs> talk about that here on ESPN." We, we, uh, that, that, that platoons other people in, in the wrong direction. We can't talk right? about that. Joey here. would tear up the college football committee too. Uh, right. Well, I mean, like, also I, that's by why the way, I would love Joey. He's the smartest athlete I think on the planet right now. Can we can we also bring back the BCS because UC would be number two in the BCS right now. <laughs> Somebody asked me today, they were like, why did they get rid of the BCS? And I was like, you can't corrupt a computer like algorithm. Well, Zuckerberg says otherwise, but like in terms of ranking football teams, don't take me. It's pretty pretty difficult to to mess with numbers there. I mean, obviously it, it took into account some like human rankings, but the human rankings that took into account are, you know, coaches who, And we've touched right. on it, but you know, coaches that know what they're talking about and not the BCS is very meta to complete the oh, oh you've gone all the way around. I, was trying to figure out I think how that's where that in I there, think that's you where you gracefully right. right off into the sunset, Chad. We move into uh the Bengals discussion to round this whole thing out as we're coming up on two hours. But our fearless leader, thank you oh. for <laughs> oh, <laughs> Chad. Okay, peace. I, I mean, he he really did just right off rode that one all the way out. Well played. He said, fuck you, Aaron. Let me talk. I'm out of here. I know. He's like, shut up, Aaron. Jesus. Um, So, like I said, um, Bengals is really the only thing we have to talk about here. I did not. Aaron's worried he's fired now. I know. Jesus. I I don't have a job again. That's fine. Double fired again. Um, (laughs) So, the Bengals played the Jets this week. It didn't go well. It did not go well, um, especially after being uh, heralded by all the talking heads all week long about being the best team in the AFC. Uh, they were the number one seed for all of what, six days before everything turned upside down. Now we're not even the conference leaders anymore. Uh, uh, not, the, not the, not the divisional leaders anymore, rather. Um, 
it was a mess of a game. And I know everybody wants to take it to the targeting call on um, Mike Hilton as he was. Oh, no, that's good. It was, it was, I mean, I, th- I don't think anybody can actually contest that it wasn't a shitty call because it was. Uh, he was already in his tackling position well before the running back went down, but the refs are kind of left. I mean, I'll try to give them a, a way out here. The refs are kind of in a, in a bad position because they can only really see things happen in real time, not necessarily on those types of calls in replay. So they see helmets collide more often than not. The defender is going to be called on that than the guy with the ball in his hand, unfortunately. Um, but the Bengals should have never actually put themselves in that position with a guy who had never started a game before was starting in place of the, uh, the injured Wilson, Zach Wilson, uh, rookie quarterback who started every game. And Mike white, Mike white now has the same amount of wins as Zach Wilson in his career. Um, well, I mean, and, and to kind of jump on the, on the back of that, um, yeah, you've, you've got a team that just went and signed, Joe Flacco, and then trade they, it for him. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah, okay, whatever. Just, they they bring they they bring Joe Flacco into the fold, mm-hmm. and after that game, now they're like, well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue riding the hot hand. Why wouldn't you? But well, right. But you you've got when you look at the the grand scheme of things, you've got a guy that you have zero film on uh, as the Bengals. They've struggled Whatever, with rookie. Know. They struggled with rookie quarterbacks over the course of the last decade. Really, I right. mean, you have several uh, playoff games against rookie quarterbacks that they've struggled against. Uh, namely, the one in Texas. I can't even remember the dude's name. He didn't really play much thereafter. But yeah. So, so you've got you know you've got that they they've got a guy with like no film. They don't know what they're going to do. But they did allow him to throw a lot of these like intermediate routes um, and pile up the yards uh the tackling was abysmal uh the defense didn't look like the defense that we've seen this year um kind of is what it is what was it a a bad loss yeah i mean it it is it's a good thing that there's no you know committee that ranks teams in the nfl they just go based off wins and losses uh thank you it was tj yates that was the rookie quarterback in houston that the Bengals struggled against thank you harish so you know, you, you've got you, you've got all that going on. I, I still think the Bengals are are far ahead of uh, where I personally expected them to be. Um, the the defense has been playing very well. The offense is pretty well clicking. I mean, you had T Higgins kind of show out a little bit this this finally, week. right? Right. But you know, I mean, you you got to think in Joe Burrow's head, he still looks. Probably to Jamar a lot as his safety Probably, blanket, but it was it was good to see um, him spread the ball around. It wasn't just the and, and he 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 does that. Jamar show. He, do, he he does that on on a you just obviously Jamar gets a lot of the a lot of the love. Mm-hmm. Um, Boyd had some catches though. CJ continues to get some catches. And hey, real quick, real quick, uh, hold on, real quick. So Mike White has had two cards sell on eBay today. One for a hundred dollars and one for a hundred and fifty dollars. That's wild. That's because he's only the second quarterback to throw for over four hundred yards in his career first career start. But how long will that Cam stand? Newton. I mean, that's ridiculous. It probably won't, but that's what he's got. Um, so you're saying you don't have a Mike White card and you're upset about it? 
is really what, what you're saying. getting at. <laughs> you would like, you would like to throw just, it on eBay and make <laughs> like fifty bucks. Good, good job, Ed. That's all. I mean, like, that, I that was good. Been trying to fun. sell this 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 fifth third chair for a week now. Can't get hits, but people are getting a hundred oh, yeah. hundred fifty dollars for a Mike White rookie card. That's true. That's right. Ed, Ed does have a fifth third uh, UC chair for sale for like seventy bucks. Anybody's interested? Uh, I think there's one a crack them, in it. One of them is seventy. The other one's forty. Yeah, he's got the, the fold-up chair also that is is rumored to be from Fifth Third, right? It's not you can't actually confirm nor deny that it it is indeed from Fifth Third. It was sold by UC Surplus with the same things okay. that with other things from Fifth Third Arena. So I cannot confirm nor deny that it came from Fifth Third Arena. All right, Kenyon Martin sit in it, maybe, maybe, or huh? look at it one day on can't TV. Confirm, can't confirm or deny. I okay. looked up a lot of Solid. pictures online. Basically, Oscar, what I'm Oscar getting. Robertson touched it in passing. There was also <laughs> yeah. a, a sticker from a hat underneath it and it, some bubblegum. Who knows? Who knows who that and was from? Could have been from Sean Kilpatrick, perhaps. Could've no been. one knows. Could have been. But what, I, what I'm getting yeah, at with the Bengals know. is I, I think that uh, things are still going in, in the right direction. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, they, uh, they still put up a lot of. It, it wasn't like we got blown out by the Jets. My, 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 eight-year-old, my eight-year-old did have a meltdown, a literal meltdown. As he should. The Bengals. We all and, did. And I was did you like, see Twitter after the game? Yeah, well, okay, you can't. Like, and that's 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 it right there. Twitter is an eight-year-old child having a meltdown yes. over a, a, a football game. Yes. Um, and you look at it, but it's on both sides, right? Like, you've got, like, some people who are, like... The meltdown is like, not just football games, by the way. No, it's not. But like you, you've got, you've got, you've got people on on one Keep side who are like, in. who are like, you have you have no reason to be upset about the Bengals losing today, like, blah, blah. and then you've got like people who are like, you know, the season's over, the the Bengals might as well blow it up and trade Joe Burrow and everybody else and and try and start this back next year, um, which is absolutely ridiculous on on both sides. Was it a little concerning that they weren't able to to shut down a rookie quarterback? Yes. Yeah. But was it also concerning a little bit on some of the facts that they weren't able to, to stop, you know, and make tackles when it should have yes. been made? Yes. Did it likely come down to a ref throwing some laundry on the field over a bogus call that also got brought up by a lot of the national pundits as a bogus call? Yes. Should it have? No. No. It did. But the thing is, is you've got two professional football teams with guys that are all very good at football, regardless of if, as a team, they're very good with their record or whatever. Like these guys are all any given exceptional Sunday, man. Fo- they're they're all exceptional athletes. Um, because you sitting on your couch drinking beer on on Sunday aren't able to go out and do what they do ever, like even a flag football game. Um, I so, sacked an NFL quarterback in flag football. He was on the yeah. practice okay. squad. Okay, so everybody except matter. for Aaron, everybody except for Aaron, um, is going to be you know, as soon as on he grabbed his flags, by the way, he didn't sack him. As soon as he grabbed his flags, he went up and told him that. I said, "Thanks for letting me sack an NFL quarterback." He was so mad, so mad. He said, "He Who said, let's take the flags off." And I turned where I swiftly turned around <laughs> and said, "No, let's take the flags off." Who was it? It was a guy who was um, Kyle he, Sheehan. from the area. All right. Ed no, knew. Is it I Kyle Sheehan? 
LaSalle? I don't, I don't even know. He was a he was a, a backup. He, he was a backup in Tennessee. I do know that. Did, he played for the Cincinnati Commanders. Oh, well. Anyway, regardless, I think I don't think that that uh, you know the Bengals losing to the Jets. While yes, it sucked on Sunday. Um, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. Um, well, got, a, got a bounce they, back they, game. Got a bounce back game against Cleveland, and that's I yeah. think where you can just go back and and rewrite continue, the narrative. Continue continue to win in the division. Yep. Um, I guess Baker Mayfield's going to be is back now. Like he's, but he's not at a hundred percent. There's no you, way. Well, you had Odell's dad out here talking shit on Baker's Instagram today on trade deadline day. By the way, um, so that's not a good look. Um, you still only have one of your two headed monster as far as the running backs go uh, with Nick Chubb being the only yeah. health, Kareem, healthy one. Kareem hunts out. Uh, still he's out. On my, he, he was on my fantasy team. I finally dropped him uh, so that I could move Derrick Henry to the IR. Uh, that hurt. Is <laughs> um, what it is. Well, you know, we'll see, man. I, I, I expect them to any, any divisional game get up for a hundred percent. And you actually have film on Baker Mayfield, so I, th- yeah, I think it'll yeah, be a different yeah, thing. The 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 Bengals are going to be fine. Uh, they're 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 playing good football this year. Um, Tyler, okay, that's Sheehan. the guy. That 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 Tyler athletic Sheehan. that athletic specimen is the one that Aaron sacked in flag football. Um, but you know that that's where, I, that, that's where I land on the Bengals. Uh, I'm not worried. I think that they are playing good football. They will continue to play good football. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to catch a lot more passes for a lot more touchdowns. Uh, there's going to be a lot more sacks. It's going to be different, you too, know. when Joe Mixon's all the way back healthy again to where he's the workhorse again. But even still, P. Ryan's been doing just fine. So Chris I think Evans, that he, And Chris Evans is fine. I mean, I know. Chris Evans, he, well, he's been uh, out. He was out this past week. He yeah, was injured, yeah. dinged up. Uh, but I, I think the defense struggled tackling, as you brought up, and I think they'll get right. I, I think Lou Anarumo actually has them playing in places that they should be playing. And I think that this was just a, a one-off because you didn't have the film on on this kid who came in and, and flung the ball around, unlike the way that the Jets have been able to do all season long. Yeah, and may, maybe, you know, maybe the Bengals just thought they were going to run it the whole game, and they kind of had it. Although they didn't really do well against that either, but they nope. kind of got thrown nope. for a loop when the fact that he was zipping the ball around the field like Brett Favre. It was um, weird. It was just a kind of a you know I like to throw it up there as as, as a strange one. If if you would have told me that the the Bengals would be a, a half game out of you know the division lead uh, going into this week, I probably would have you know taken that. I don't know that I would have guessed where those losses came from, but I, I think that we're sitting okay. I mean, it's it's still a – I don't want to label this necessarily a uh, rebuilding year because I think they still have a shot at the playoffs, but I think that this is one to build on. I don't think this is the year that we were going to win the, the Super Bowl. Here's the thing. Let's be real. Is the, the Bengals can, draw, can still draw an immense amount of confidence mm-hmm. from the fact that they thumped the, the, the Ravens in Baltimore. Two weeks ago, sure. Uh, right. So we do have the Browns again next week, and that game is here, right? Yes. It's not, not in not in. Yeah, ne- so uh, seven of our next nine games or something like that are here. Yeah, we've we've been on the road an awful lot, so good to get some of those home games again. Um, outside of that, Ed, we have promised you sixty seconds every week, so I think once again it is time. As we are just over two hours here, we want to get your sixty seconds. Um, maybe, I don't said. know. Do we, do we have a bum of the week at this point? 
Well, hold on before before we do that. Uh, if you're still sticking around, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, like it. You know, give it a little thumbs up if do you all enjoyed that. it. Do all the fun stuff with and that. And we, we uh, had more people tonight active on, on our YouTube page than we've had in, in quite some time. So uh, thank you. We, we have thank you for all of those our, who, who hopped our, in. Our Twitter handles are all listed here. They're all they're all uh, good follows, but obviously the uh, the at PTP podcast since he is uh, the the Twitter the handle that sure. that shoots a lot of stuff out and puts out the uh, the links every week for when we're going to be live. All right, so Ed, if you are ready, let me get my timer. Yeah, here no, I'm ready. You, let me lift my microphone up. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm sure you're. I'm sure. I'm, I'm surprised you're not trying to get anything in early, but I appreciate that. So here it is. Your 60 seconds starts now. All right. So I did AEW Dynamite this week. It started the match off with, or the night off with CM Punk versus some fishy guy. Um, by the way, happy birthday, CM Punk. What's up with the red X's on your hands? Also, they mentioned Gorilla Monsoon in the middle of the episode. I thought that was pretty awesome. I missed that guy. CM Punk looks like, um, I can't read the rest of that. Um, Oh, no, he looks like that uncle that thinks he's still on the high school wrestling team. That's what TM looked Also, no signs. Uh, I guess let's go Brandon guy ruin that for everybody again. Um, that LFO guy uh, got blindsided and attacked by Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen's my new favorite guy. Um, and then we came with uh, John Moxley versus um, the fake Doink the Clown guy. Um, John Moxley's from Amelia, Ohio, so that's pretty cool. Um, so John just doesn't like entrance ramps. Is that what the thing is? Also, dude is a street fighter. That must have came from Amelia as well. Um, it's 2021. Why is there not padding on the ring post? I mean, come on. We can we can figure that out somehow. Um, I wrote something else here. And time. Oh, what another out. good one, Ed. What another <laughs> good one. Way to go. Go ahead and shut your, your notebook up. And uh, we'll, we'll pick this up next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. LFO, like the, the, the boy like, band? No, nah, like that guy that hates Cincinnati. Oh. LFJ? LFO? LFJ? Is that his name? Couldn't think of his, couldn't remember his name. The only thing that came to my head was LFO, so I just did it. I think LFO was like a was like a knockoff Walmart boy band. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, the, it was Crap, that group? Yeah, Kirby. that was LFO. Oh, no. Nice. So I'm like, what the All hell right. is he talking about? And why does he know what they look like? He's, I mean, he, he did say CM Punk looked like the uncle that thought he was still on the wrestling team. Like, My oh, favorite part of that was man. him not being able to read his own writing. God bless you, Ed. God bless you. I gotta get a you know, after after all of, after everything that's transpired in the last two hours on the podcast in the last like four hours in Cincinnati sports, I I needed a good laugh. Thanks, Ed. You're welcome. I love you so much. I couldn't decide right, if I was gonna is... do that or the, the wrestling documentary that I watched. <laughs> all right, Ed, I need you to be better about hitting those comments. But uh, <laughs> thank you as always. Um you know, uh, there there was one from Matt Phillips. He was, I think, the most uh, active in our chat today. Um, good night to you too, sir, and thank you for the great podcast comment that Ed never posted. Um, but it was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. As always, I am your host, Aaron Smith, brought with me, Jeff Howell, and the best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall. But again, thank you to our guests 
Brent Young, we didn't expect to have Chad. Chad was able to make it because Kelly couldn't sleep. So, Chad, thank you for your time as well, sir. And Jimmy Smith, thank you again. Fantastic guest on the pod. What a wild ride that two hours was. Ed, again, just I love you so much for the way that you ended it. But thanks, Ed. We will catch you next week. Part of the punctuation Tuesday nights and um, like and subscribe. It's going to be a fantastic finish as we get the reaction to the CFP updates the rest of the season here to forward. So keep on the look for that and we'll we'll talk for you real soon. Goodbye.